what you've been watching, the podcast hosted by the Dudley Brothers. I am the morose, marvelous Mike Dudley. That's what's up. I like that one. <laughs> I am Marcus Dudley, aka MD3, the third, the third of the Dudley Brothers, the youngest one here in live and full effect and color and everything, man. How you doing? Oh man, it's been a real kick in the nuts kind of day. I'm not gonna lie, but yeah, yeah, you know that's why movies exist someday so we can uh, escape. Our realities. That's Escapism. That's what it's all yeah, about. It's Getting all together about. and you know what, man? I've said it before and I'll say it again. Nothing I enjoy more than going and seeing something and then sitting down and talking with somebody and discussing it, which is what we're going to do tonight. Try to get through our problems and That's make some right. fucking sense of this world. Yeah, Let's man. Do maybe, maybe we'll laugh along the way. So here's the question we've all been wanting to know. What you been watching, man? Oh, man. So... Been watching, rewatching a lot of Bob's Burgers lately. Just trying to touch base with that. It's been a while since I've actually seen that sequentially, and it's it's fun catching up. That that show is a really underrated show. It's very cleverly written, um, very uh, absurdist humor, but it's yeah. very downplayed absurdist humor. It's not necessarily like the full Monty Python, but there's elements of it in there. It's crazy how the the creator of that, I think Lauren Bouchard, I think his name is. Sure, I think that's how you pronounce it. My bad if I'm botching that. I, You'll learn I'm just going to botch names. It's like I know what I'm talking about about 80% of the way. But how he came from, like, uh, home movies to that mm-hmm. is quite the progress, man. And it's weird. Like, you know, South Park was big when I came out. And, um, you know, I was in, like, what, like fourth grade when South Park came out? And it you became, like, uh, the show of, of our generation. Yeah. And there's a generation now that is, like, all in on Bob's Burgers. Like, that is the show for them. It, it is the voice of them. So I, I definitely appreciate that show, and we can actually talk about that a little bit later. I'll set us up. Uh, we're going to talk about some upcoming movies, and that's on the list of uh, upcoming films this year. Oh, shot the trailer. Burger movie. Yes, sir. It's a very funny trailer if you haven't seen it. Burger time. Yes, sir. So been watching some Bob's Burgers, eh? Uh-huh. And then uh, last night we uh, – well, let's just get into it. Let's just talk about stuff that we've been, yeah. we've been getting into. Last night we watched uh, a classic movie. Uh, the Arena, a.k.a. Gladiator Women, yes, we did. starring uh, the illustrious Pam Greer yes. and uh, Margaret, Margaret Markov, yes. um, who you might remember starred together in the film Black Mama, White Mama together. Uh, great movie. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I, 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 I legitimately enjoyed it. So let's break down the basic plot line. Well, uh, you could read the back of it. We have the DVD here. Okay. Uh, to give them the premise of it. You want epic movie voice or you want Casey Kasem voice? Let's do both. Let's do one and then we'll take whichever one we like better. Okay. <laughs> people, Michael. We don't know what they might like. All right. Sell it. The best way you can sell it. Okay. What do you think? All right. Let's do Casey Kasem first. There you go. Kidnapped by Roman soldiers, four beautiful women must battle for their lives in the arena. While attempting to beat the Romans at their own game. Starring Pam Greer and Margaret Markov. From the Hot Box and Black Mama, White Mama, with Pam Greer. Directed by Steve Carver. Well done. <laughs> I, I felt like we should have done that as we are located in Tallahassee, Florida at the moment. And uh, Michael is an FSU alum, as well as uh, Casey. Uh, Casey Keenum? God. Casey Kasem? Casey Kasem. Why do... Did he Case Keenum? Yeah, Case Keenum is a football player. And I keep messing, messing <laughs> up with it. Yeah, Casey Kasem is a Florida State alumni. Is he really? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, he's not. Yes, he is. 
What, you graduated from like communications or the radio? School? I'm not 100 percent sure, but I, I know. You know, we can Google. Fucking just Google that. Yeah, I'm 99.9 I'm percent sure. Okay. Our claim. We have Burt Reynolds, him, and football. <laughs> oh man. Oh, we also have Missy Hyatt, who I didn't know uh, was a Florida State. Uh, or I'm sorry, she was born in Tallahassee. Missy Hyatt. For all you pro wrestling fans, uh, look her up. You'll you'll thank me. Did Casey Kasem go to FSU? Jujulit. Uh, Welcome to Speculation Podcast. I'm not even sure he did go to FSU. I don't know. We'll figure it out later. We can cut this if we need. All right. <laughs> I'm, I'm 90 percent sure he did. Yeah. <laughs> Send your complaints to Corrections Department yeah, at www.we don't really give a shit. We're just talking about it. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. That's exactly what that is. So okay, so uh, the arena, aka. Uh, Women gladiators. Uh, are you a big fan of women in captivity? Are you a big fan of women having to fight in cheap Hollywood costumes? Are you a big fan of these women constantly losing their tops with just a little bit of sexuality thrown in? Have I got a movie for you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it Whatever they said on the back, they were lying. <laughs> so I've gone my whole life believing that Casey Kasem went to Florida State. Not true. I don't know if it's true or not. I'm going <laughs> to double back. There might be a correction on this. I am going to eat my words for the moment. But I was told my whole life that's where he went, and I believe that. I was like, Shaggy went to, to Florida State? Like, word? But anyway, sorry. But yeah, sorry. Keep going. The arena. Uh, so basically, uh, it's the story of three women conquered from uh, separate lands. Pam Greer taken from the heart of Africa. Mm -hmm. Margaret Markov taken from, uh, I think she was... Um, German, Germanic, like some Nordic, thing. I would yeah, think. Yeah, Bavarian, yeah, I think, yeah, is what they said. Uh, and then I can't remember who the third one was, but she was taken from the Celts and the or the Scots. Yeah, one of those. One of yeah, but, but Brittany, basically. Uh, and so they're brought in as Roman slaves and deemed to please the gladiators and and all of their form and function. Um, it's a lot of a lot of boobies, a lot of kind of questionable sexual scenes uh, yeah trigger warning if you're not into the whole aggressive sexuality thing um, yeah there's a couple of them but let's just say very heavily implied <laughs> more than implied more than yeah implied. yeah uh uh they they tend to get a little aggressive in their in their come-ons yeah shall we say yeah. the, the 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 art of seduction was a little less refined. I wouldn't call it art in this one. <laughs> yeah, I think art's a very generous word. But it is basically the story. It, I mean, if you've seen Gladiator, it's essentially the same story, um, just with sexy women. So uh, yeah, so I guess they came in as slaves first, and then they were like pleasing and serving the men, and they were like mostly just the men at first were fighting in the arena, mm -hmm. and um, for whatever reason, a fight broke out in the kitchen right after. The two, uh, Pam Greer and Margaret, uh, whatever her name Markoff. is. Markov. Markov, yeah. They're, they had found two men, and uh, they had died in the arena. And their names were what? I don't remember. Yeah, we had some hilarious names. It was... Uh, Crackerus? Crackerus was one of them. And? I think Black Acker. Black Acerus. Black Acerus was the other <laughs> yeah. yeah, those two died, and so they ended up getting a fight in the kitchen over it, and all the men kind of watched around and were like, hey, we're on to something here. Right. We don't have a, the amount of warriors for men to fight anymore, so... They throw them in the arena. Um, 
yeah and of course uh at first it's all gimmick they're they're kind of playing to the crowd and then as the story continues and they get to fight more and more and they go through more training eventually the crowd become bored with the gimmick of it and they start chanting for blood and so their friendship is tested uh in the arena because eventually one of them is going to have to fight and kill the other person right in order to stay alive um meanwhile they uh have a subversive plot going on to overthrow the uh very what's the word i can put this flamboyant effeminate effeminate yes yeah uh Sultan or Emperor and his associate, whose name was Sisius. Sisius, really funny which joke. He's like, it's the funniest joke in the entire. Yeah, movie. it's a really funny. That's where the other two <laughs> names came from. Did everyone, there was one person called a Septimus or something like that. <laughs> like big ass nose. It's like everything was so funny. That's where those other two names came from. But uh, yeah, so they they ended up like building this plot to to overthrow them or whatever. And if they don't kill each other, the Emperor had archers that were going to shoot them to death. And uh, it was actually. For what it was, it was really entertaining. Michael and I noticed, I think I pointed it out about halfway through it, that like given the budget and what they had, it actually kind of works. And the director was smart enough. I counted no more. Like I think they had maybe like a dozen Roman gladiator costumes. Right. right and they had right. like really cheap swords you could easily tell that were bending and folding and stuff. But they had four shields throughout <laughs> the whole film. And they just shot like Okay, we're going to shoot one camera facing this way, and there'll be four shields that way, so it looks like those all four have shields. And then they would turn the camera, and it'd be showing a different battle, and it would be the same four shields. There were never more than four <laughs> shields on screen at the time. They had a very strict shield budget. Yeah. They stuck to it. Yeah, and then like later they're pursuing the two women in the catacombs, <laughs> and guess how many shields? There were six soldiers, four, four shields. shields. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, I don't know why that stuck out to me. Yeah, we made the comment that... Uh, like for what it is, it's it's very well shot in terms of it, it's all backlot stuff. Oh, like yeah. it's totally you can tell that it's just extra stuff that they had lying around on some Hollywood backlot. And the costumes are not great. Like like they look like they got they were bought from the Hollywood costume store, but the good Hollywood costume yeah, store. Like yeah. we're not talking spirit Halloween here. We're talking like you're dropping some serious ducats on these Roman gladiator costumes. Pretty much. And they had like a handful of horses, and you can tell that's where all their money. <laughs> we gotta get these horses. <laughs> we got one day with the horses. Yeah, we got one day with the horses. They shot all horse material in one sitting. Like when they round up the women in the beginning, there's horses. Yep. Which it opens really harshly. It's like just this dude sitting there chilling, like around this campfire, and then they cut to like horses approaching, and you cut back to the guy, and he's kind of like with the Margaret, whatever her name is, Mark Markov. Yeah. And they kind of look off in the distance, and then they're there, and they just start cutting throats. <laughs> like a minute or two into it, it's just a bloodbath. And even then, the blood is—it's pretty bad. Like they—they they always show like they cut away, and then you cut back, and then there's blood on the people. Yeah, there was just no like somebody, or Yeah, like just that. somebody threw spaghetti on them or something. Like yeah, that. but it's not like overly graphic. But this is—you can tell where the money went, and there wasn't a lot of it. It's fun. It's a fun romp. It's—it's it's campy. It never takes itself too seriously. You know, it's it. It is what it is. You know, we talked about how, you know, back in the 70s, you didn't have Pornhub. You didn't, you barely had magazines. You know, right. maybe if you were lucky, your uncle would leave some land around and you would find him in his closet or something like that. So, like, I could totally understand being, you know, 16, 17 years old and this movie comes out and you're sneaking out because that's what was what your option was. You know, that whatever you saw in that movie had to sustain you. That was your titillation. Right? <laughs> No, it's funny, like, you hear it all the time, and, like, and it's become so, like, ingrained in it, but you always hear these stories about people finding pornography magazines in the woods, 
which to this generation probably seems like a ridiculous notion. Dude. But on everything, it did happen. <laughs> it did happen. I found that in a bottle of cologne in the woods one time. That's a 100% true story. Yeah, so I don't know. but uh, I can imagine, though, like having Pam Greer set up and all the posters on your wall and everything. But And she's always been an attractive woman. and To this day? Yeah, she, yeah, definitely. She's had a long career. Good for her. I mean, she's the queen of all that shit, man. Got cast in Jackie Brown specifically for everything she that she did in the 70s. I mean, yeah. it totally revitalized her career. She's out there crushing it. Um, I think she started a couple of Tyler Perry movies or... I know she had that. a little bit of a resurgence where it's like, oh, I had Pam Gray. I've seen her in a few things. So, hey. I, I could IDMB it, but I feel like I've already wasted enough time. <laughs> <laughs> Again, this is the speculation is podcast. Speculation We're not based on facts and it. figures. We're just here to tell you some shit that we kind of heard secondhand and kind of remember so you know yeah, deal pretty with much it. look we're, we're not factual here we're opinion based <laughs> this is not the honesty program we'll be honest in our opinions with you we won't, you know as the kids say cap we won't cap these days <laughs> no you no cap say no, that i don't to say it no, no. no. <laughs> my all my slang is stuck in, in 2010 behind. <laughs> but uh no but no it was a good movie though like for, for what it was and like the script that they were given it's completely serviceable sure, for like sure. what it is. I enjoyed it. Well, good news is I got the box set, so we got like we six got like other movies we can watch. Five <laughs> more movies. Five more movies. I think what Roger Corman. Yeah, uh, he, he produced them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't yeah. actually do any of the. I don't think it did any of the directing. I, I, I have to check the boxes yeah. or whatever. But. His name's plastered all over the box. So yeah, it was a good movie though. Good movie. All right. So, uh, what you've been watching, man? What have I been watching? Oh man. So I'll start uh, last week. Uh, Michael, uh, I mean, I shouldn't say this. I bought my own Peacock and uh, <laughs> subscription, and I got to view what I wanted to watch because I'm an up-paying, upright citizen, and I would never do anything of borrowing passwords and or applications to benefit my viewing pleasure. Guys, sharing your password is theft, and yes. theft is wrong. Yeah. You wouldn't steal a car. You wouldn't shoot your grandmother. No, you wouldn't. Don't share your passwords. Don't share your passwords. That's wrong. Yeah, continue. Sorry. This has been a PSA. Yeah, a PSA from what you've been There you go. Public service. Now, uh, I watched MacGruber, and I've listed it on my movies that I'm, like, it's a terrible movie, and I understand all the criticism about it. I love that movie, but they just dropped a series on Peacock, and I think it's eight episodes. And I'll say this. The premise runs thin immediately. Yeah. Like, it is the premise base of a Saturday, of a two-minute Saturday Night Live sketch that yep. they did somewhat occurringly, you know, somewhat regularly on the show. I love the movie. That is one of the, I, I like a lot of bad comedies, like Ladies Man was critically and commercially slammed. <laughs> you know, The Pest was as well. Like, none of these were crazy successful. MacGruber was considered a flop. But I love that movie, and I have seen it so many times. It's got the incomparable Valley Kilmers. Valley Kilmers? As, as Quee. <laughs> no. Kunth. Oh, Kunth. Yeah, the, Kunth is the name. new guy. My bad. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's Kunth. Was it? It was a uh, Unger Kunth or yeah, let's go pound some Kunth. Yeah. <laughs> no, I've seen MacGruber a lot. I don't. I can't believe I botched the name. I was thinking about the new TV show. But yeah, the premise is ultimately MacGruber. If you haven't seen the end of the movie, uh, the show opens up with Maya Rudolph as her as his ghost bride singing a recap song of the movie. <laughs> and it's actually really entertaining. It's genuinely very funny. And so she catches Shout out to Maya Rudolph. Yeah, she's one of the most underrated SNL performers ever. SNL had the women for like a while were carrying that show. So they've had so some heavy much. hitters for a phase there. 
Like they went through. They had what? Amy Poehler. Uh, they had Sudeikis for a while. Tina Fey. Willie Fortes. And a bunch of people. And then it was like Kate McKinnon and right. Kristen Wiig and Maya Rudolph and Leslie Jones. They had some hitters on yeah. there, man, on the lady side of things for a while. So, yeah. But she's in it. Kristen Wiig's in it. All the returning cast. Uh, all the cast returns from the movie. And again, the premise runs thin immediately. It's ultimately what it is is McGruber goes to jail for killing Cunt at the end of it and shooting. <laughs> he goes to to uh, to court or trial or whatever like that, and he murdered Cunt right in front of everybody. And so he goes to prison <laughs> for that for life. And of course, a uh, Enos Queeth, uh, Commander Brigadier Enos Queeth, is back on the scene and he is threatening the world so only McGruber can save it. And, and who is who is Queeth played by? Billy Zane. Nice. They got a, they got a cast. Uh, Billy Zane. Lawrence, yeah, Lawrence Fishburne's in it. Billy Zane's in it. Sam Elliott's in it. Kristen Wiig, Ryan Felipe's back in it. Like, it's a it's genuinely very funny. Also, shout out to Billy Zane for the Phantom. Really underrated movie, and he fucking crushed it. Yeah, that. he did. Man. <laughs> it I, takes it takes a real man to wear a purple unitard. Like we should that. go back and watch the Phantom. Let's do it. I haven't seen that since I was. Let's do it. A knee high, man. Let's do it. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Yeah, plug, plug, plug. <laughs> Keep all your phantom updates. <laughs> These hot movie takes on two decade old movies. You're in the right place, my friend. You are in the right place. Yeah, Billy Zane is in it. Uh, so he, whatever. So he threatens the world <laughs> and McGruber saves the day. Again, premise very thin. But because of the comedic, like the, the comedic performance of the cast, like you got Will Forte and Kristen Wiig running around being silly for eight episodes. It just Why works. Yeah. Like It's kind of, and I'll say this, I was talking to Michael about this off mic. It's much like Eastbound and Down, where it's very one note. And like Eastbound and Down, if Danny McBride is not funny to you, it's going to be a long watch. But if it is, then it's like, it's the greatest shit of all time for you. And McGroover is very much so like that for me. For whatever right. reason, it's just silly. Like the absurdity of it, like the dumb shit that he says with a straight face, it just gets me every time. And I know how dumb it is, and I'm mad at myself for laughing. <laughs> but it's also one of those things where it's just, they lean into it so heavily. It's almost kind of Dewey Cox's, Cox-ish, where it's just Cox-ish. <laughs> long run joke there folks but yeah it's like they just lean into the absurdity of it so much and it's so hyper violent like there's so many throat rips and he's so dumb in his tactics but somehow yeah. they just work every time and so I loved it I watched it all in like a day and a half two days like I, I was all on board so I have been watching MacGruber first and foremost I gotta be honest with you man I and I know I've talked with you about this off mic but I loathe that movie loathe? I, I, I don't know why strong word like it's I should love it because I love absurdist humor. I love the, the the concept of everyone in the world is just a fucking idiot and they have their own like their own rules that they have to deal with. Like, but something about that movie just aggravates the piss out of me. It's it's almost too dumb for its own sake. See, it's funny because that is the character that Ryan Felipe plays in and out. <laughs> he goes along with this dumb shit, but he just has this look constantly of like, right. you are the dumbest fucking person I have ever had the displeasure of meeting and like mcgruber when he goes to jail sells everybody out he's like he's like piper you threw me the gun so like piper loses his job in the military becomes like a dmb teacher and he like ruins everyone's life mcgruber ruins everyone's lives that he that he touches so he has to win them back and it's hilarious to me, but yeah again i get the criticisms of mcgruber but, but i'll tell you what but because ryan felipe has that look that's why i like it <laughs> he just has the look of everybody that doesn't get it <laughs> He just he gets it. Yeah, he's the straight man yeah. trapped in a trapped in an idiotic world. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll I'll tell you what, 
I watch that movie up until he recruits his team, and it's just a who's who of uh, WWE superstars. Yes. Like he recruits Chris Jericho, and he brings in MVP. He brings in Great Khali. We even get to see the Big Show kiss another kiss man, another dude, twice. twice. The Big Show, yeah, yeah. Everybody's in it, man. That's the Giant from WCW. Yeah, That's man. Paul White. On Go ahead WWE. on your uh, what you've been watching bingo box. Go ahead and check the Michael <laughs> talks about wrestling. Check that one twice now. Okay. Well, we're getting there. Look, we'll fill it up. Don't worry. <laughs> Michael's already a drink in, so go ahead and check that box. <laughs> I've already cussed more than I said I was going to. So go ahead and check that box. Oh, you tell us what boxes are on the board. I don't know. We'll check those boxes. But okay. no, real thing about Chris Jericho, because I when I like something, Michael knows this, I go all in and I become yep. an expert on dumb shit. So I watch the commentaries, the deleted scenes, the commentaries of the deleted scenes. And Will Forte, and I think Jorman Tacone was the director. We're saying that uh, Chris Jericho, when he was offered the role, took it very seriously. Oh, yeah. He knew that he was going to be hanging out with like Will Forte and like, some of the funniest people at the time on the planet. Still is, to some people, I'm sure. But so he went and took like a bunch of improv classes and stuff. And so when they were just like rattling off lines because they have to do one on script and then they just go off the rails, right. that Chris Jericho was going tit for tat. And so they extended his speaking part just because he was so good at what he did and was making everybody laugh so much that they were like, we got it. Like, you got it. Like, the guy did paid his dues. Like, we got to keep yeah, doing Yeah, yeah, Credit where credit's due. So right? shout out to not only the director for noticing that and Will Forte for, for jumping on board that, but for Chris Carrico, man. He got his opportunity and genuinely very funny in the few amount of lines he had in those movies. Yeah, he, uh, he showed up recently in uh, Jay and Silent Bob reboot, and he's actually going to star in a future Kevin Smith project called Kilroy was here. That's nice. sort of a, sort of a slasher fit flick that he's working on. Um, yeah. I don't know if I'm revealing, I'm just, he's mentioned it on his podcast. So I, I, I can't imagine I'm breaking any sort of like, I'm sure huge it's, secret. It's like loose job. Well, when it comes here, we'll see it. <laughs> it never gets here. A hundred percent. We love you, Kevin. We mess with Kevin Smith. Please come on the podcast, Kevin. Yeah, we Please. love you very much, Kevin. But we're simps, man. We'll <laughs> Not much. We'll but yeah. Uh, so McGruber, I, I enjoyed it. If you're a fan of McGruber, watch the show. Definitely watch right. the show. It's it's one note. It is exactly what you think it is for eight episodes stretched out. I I promise you this. I will give it two episodes. Okay. I'll I'll watch it. They're both like I think they're they're like forty minutes or something like that or thirty minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'll give it two episodes. I gotta have a hard cut off for that one though, bro. I get it. Hey, like I said, we can watch anything once. We can watch anything once. And it's just funny. Like even the opening theme song like you know making life-saving inventions out of household material they cut all that like it's in it but they do it so seriously it's like a ncis opening scene it's just like that in a james bond scene it's like james uh mcgruber's silhouette falling through flame and guns going off and all you hear is it's like this beautiful woman's voice singing it it opens up on such a serious note it hooked me man i love it so yeah uh mcgruber big fan the thing I watched today. That oh came, yeah, Peacemaker. What'd you think, man? I have not seen this, so I'm gonna. I'm just gonna give you the opportunity. I, to, I'll try to, to not to, on a rant. I'll try to not spoil. It. Oh, yeah, because I need. I just did it from the <laughs> show. Yeah, oh, I got you. Appreciate that. Um, but uh, just yeah. go ahead and carry this backpack. Yeah, this, yeah, this backpack okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I watched the first few episodes of Peacemaker. They just dropped, I think, Thursday. Um, today's Friday, so. I didn't even. I, I knew it was coming out, but I guess it kind of slid under the radar. Mm-hmm. And then I got a notification on my phone for having HBO Max, which I do pay for. 
Also Peacock. Yeah, also Peacock. I pay for that too. <laughs> all, all, that stuff. all that stuff. There's no network of people I know that we share. A no. It exist. Your mind is thing. Come on. What's what are we, criminals here? What are you watching? watching? Come on. Look, I also go to the theater often. <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, it's John Cena's character, Peacemaker, from James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. And apparently James Gunn during COVID, because he had already, I think, had Suicide Squad in the can. Yeah. The Suicide Squad in the can and just post doing post stuff. But he was bored during COVID and just was like, I want to play with Peacemaker more. So he did. And John Cena is hilarious in this. Now, here's my question. How did you know it was John Cena? And were you able to see him on screen? Only when he's in the costume. <laughs> when his shirt is off and he's in denim. He's I'm, told, I'm told that that's what he would have. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> that's a wrestling joke for two people. For two people. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, but no, he's, he's genuinely very funny. And uh, I had read something about there being a dance number. It's the, the opening credits, and it's at nice. the beginning of every episode. And I just read an interview today where James Gunn was saying that, like, I wanted to make something where you never felt the need to, to like, skip the intro. Wait, wait. So, wait. So, let me understand this. So, every episode is going to is going to open with... the same. It's the opening credits. Is Yeah, the intro. Is it does John like a, Cena doing a dance number? It's John Cena. All the cast of the show comes in and does it. And yeah, it's a dance number. Like a, like a Hollywood tune or a rap video? No, like, it's... What's, it's what's the vibe? I mean, you know James Gunn is like one of those one of those directors that writes the, the, the needle drop into a script. Sure, yeah. This is very like 80s metal. And like 80s hair, but it's like Cinderella is in it and uh, stuff like that. Like that. So like the glam stuff. Yeah, a lot like, of that. Like a lot of rat poison. Yeah. Rat poison. But not even... Yeah, I know. <laughs> But not even like those big of names. Like for the deep cut music buffs of, of the '80s, you probably love the soundtrack. But it it serves its purpose in this cool, movie. All right. But no, it's really funny. Like, and it is not for children. It is not a superhero show that you want to watch with your young ones. It's or a, you know, or why? I mean, be a okay. I'm not going to tell you how your parents. You know, exactly. Parent, that's fine. But yeah, just it's really funny though. Uh, it's really hyper violent. Um, good. Good. Really quick dialogue. Very James Gunn. Um, John Cena is legit. Very funny. Very funny in it. That's a dude that I'm slowly winning a lot of respect for as an actor. It's like, because I'm, he looks I'm like seeing... Ernest. <laughs> and we love Ernest here. Holy shit, he does. He is just getting older and looking more like him. He looks like Ernest if Ernest was Mr. Universe. It's really creepy. In fact, if they were going to reboot the Ernest series. Please, by the way. Can we? Yeah. Give me more Ernest. Ernest Scared Stupid is one of the best Halloween movies in existence, hands down. I will fight you on this. I, I'm with that you. movie is great. Yeah, I love all Ernest. A lot of my childhood. I mean, there's a couple. Ernest goes to camp was a little. Yeah, man. but I've, I've seen them all. Time, <laughs> like, don't worry about that. Uh, but no, John Cena is legit funny in it, man. Like he he really holds his own. Good. And uh, everyone, you kind of feel sorry for him, but he's such an asshole. Like the whole time, he's so egotistical. But there's kind of revealed in his relationship with his father. Who's the actor that plays a uh, T one thousand? Robert Patrick. Yeah, I think he's I think he's his dad. Oh really? I think so. Yeah. Oh nice. Yeah, that, I could see that. I think yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure that's his dad. But anyways, yeah, I just watched it today. And I just don't want to say the wrong thing. If not, it looks just like the guy. But um, yeah. So he's his dad, and there's like this crazy like they have a really shitty relationship. Interesting side fact: Did you know that Robert Patrick is the brother of the lead singer of Filter? Really? Yeah. Wow. Like, is... hey, man, nice shot. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hey, man. 
Nice shot. Nice call, <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. Anyway, side side note. But yeah, no. Again, I've said this four times though. Yeah, John Cena is really good in it. Uh, the supporting cast is really good. The script is very James Gunn. I'm three episodes in, and I was entertained the whole time. Cool. Um, quick premise: It's there's something called Project Butterfly that is around, and he is hired after he recovers at the end of Suicide Squad. He is shot. Spoilers. Yeah. Well, he is shot in the neck. By in dramatic fashion. Very dramatic. If you haven't fashion. seen the, yeah. the, the new Suicide Squad, highly, highly recommend. It's yeah, it's really so funny. much fun. Yeah, and it, it carries, it's exactly the same tone, but just smaller in scale with one character. But his absurdities carry it. You know what Good. I mean? It's just Good. him. So, and again, he's the over-the-top one in what is otherwise a legitimate military operation. But Operation. Operation, yeah. Operation. But he's the kooky one and all of it, and everyone else around him is just like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> and the guy and the team that knocked Amanda Waller out, uh, Octavia yeah. Spencer, spoilers, is punished by having to work with like that's Amanda Waller's oh, punishment. So now like, you get to work with Peacemaker. Okay. And so there's like this out. ongoing thing where he's considered racist because his ratio of killing black criminals to white criminals is really fucked up. And he's like, I do kill white people too. I'll just kill more white people. I don't even right. <laughs> Like a, and so it's kind of like this subtle theme is him like trying to redeem himself on a lot of terms. But uh, yeah, it's it's really funny. Definitely, if you're a big fan of fast dialogue, check that show out. I am. I do. I I, I do dig fast dialogue for sure. So yeah, Peacemaker. So far, three episodes in. Love it, man. I think we were talking. What else came out? Book of Boba Fett. Oh my! Have we not talked about Book of Boba? Not yet. Holy shit! Okay. What do you think? Because. I've only seen the first, I think, episode and a half at this point. At, yeah. the, at, the, at the time of recording, we're on, I think they just released episode Episode three, three just came okay, out Wednesday. Right. Okay. So, I like it. I it, it has a really interesting Western feel to it, which I, which is, I like the direction that they're taking with that. They, it, it's kind of a continuation of, um... The Mandalorian, like it, it seems that, especially with the Dave Filoni stuff, they're going in a real, more Western vibe. Yeah, the pilot was written by Johnny Fast. Right, 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 right. But Dave Filoni was was yeah. one of the producers, and uh, I think Robert Rodriguez is. Yeah, he is. Most, if not all, he definitely the... directed the pilot. Right, right. But so, but again, Robert Rodriguez has a very Western feel to his movies, you know, with El Mariachi, etc. You know, all yeah. that good stuff. Um, it it is very much. It seems like the basic premise is the old gunslinger, the old retired gunslinger, coming back in, into town trying to stake his claim. Pretty much, he's so, the he's the king of the underworld now. He's taking Jabba the Hutt's place on the throne in grand fashion. Yeah. In grand fashion, uh, uh, at the end of the Mandalorian, the stinger was we see him. Uh, go to Bib Fortuna, go to Jabba's palace, and he basically just murders Bib Fortuna, uh, basically saying, you know, by right of combat, now I claim everything that's yours, and it ends with him sitting on the throne and stuff. Um, opens up with him coming out of this Sarlacc pit, which, I, while I appreciated seeing, it was interesting to see the the what the what the idea of the inside of the sarlacc was however i don't know that we needed to see it i would have much rather just seen him you know like 
cold open, a laser blast shoots out of the Sarlacc's mouth, and then Boba Fett comes roaring out on his jetpack. Like, I to me, it, it's not so much about the struggle within the Sarlacc as the fact of like the legend that he got out of the Sarlacc. Yeah, I I don't think they spent too much time on it, honestly. I, I if they would have dwelled on that, and that would have been a major plot point. But I thought they moved past it pretty quickly, at least in my opinion. They, I like the fact that it's like, it doesn't matter. It's just like, we're going to open the show. He got out. We're going to show you very quickly how he did it. He sure, sure. But, but and just my opinion. Th- there's a thing, um, I forget who originated it. Maybe it was, I think it was Copped Up, where he talks about how, uh, if I tell you there's a monster in the closet, you know, your mind starts to play tricks and starts to like imagine the most grotesque thing it could imagine. Whereas if I open the door and show you that ah, it's only a three foot monster, then immediately you go, all right, I can handle it. But if it was a six-foot monster, I'd have lost my shit. And then if I show you the six-foot monster, you go, well, at least it's not a 12-foot monster, and so on and so on and so forth. Right. So there's a little aspect of letting the audience's imagination be more grandiose than anything that you could have shown me. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's also, I mean, I'm not deep in the Star Wars lore. Like, I consider myself a fan, but I'm by no means like a super fan. Right. I, I definitely appreciate Star Wars. I, I've seen all the movies multiple times. But I think there's, I think those guys are really trying to expand the world because um, there's so many books written, and I'm sure some, one of the authors in the non-technical Star Wars canon has probably described the inside of a Sarlacc pit. And I know that's where a lot of their stuff comes from. And I think they might be trying to give a shout out because they've done that on a few of the episodes. If, of I'm, if I remember correctly, there was a there was a comic book that talked about or that, that basically talked about how uh, Boba Fett got out of the Sarlacc. Yeah, the extended universe stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and he ends up linking up with Han Solo. He forgets his, he, he loses his memory. He links up with Solo and they have this whole wild adventure together. And then at some point... He, I, I think, remembers and gets knocked right back into the Sarlacc pit. The, the Sarlacc pit. So it's this weird, like, he goes right back to where he started, kind of thing. But I don't know if that's canon or. Yeah, I don't or, know. There's it, so many offshoot stuff that I don't know what's what yeah, plays anymore. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so it. My that, question, that was just my kind of thing. Just it, a lot of the, a lot of the, my problem with with the new Mandalorian is it's it's very much show me, and I would much rather in a weird way, sort of be told or let the legend speak for itself. Does that make sense? How dare you speak ill of the Mandalorian? Not because I'm a huge <laughs> fan, but because it saved Star Wars. It came out of very I'm sorry, I meant Book of Boba Fett. I'm okay. sorry, Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, I was about to say, hold on now. No, 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 I'm sorry. Now, uh, my question for you now is, and somebody brought this to my attention, you were never a Boba Fett guy. You thought he no. was overrated and trash, right? Has, yes. Has this done anything on your radar? Because I know when he showed up in the Mandalorian, I was like, fucking about time. Because I always like Boba Fett just because, kind of like Michael was saying, I just always thought that he was just some badass. Like, he was this quiet, stone-cold killer. And in the movies, like, Boba Fett, Boba Fett, where? And he dies on the star. It was lame, and I was so disappointed. I thought that was a missed opportunity. I'll tell you my spiel on how I think he should have killed Mace Windu another time. Right. Oh, it, Boba Fett should have? In my opinion. I guess we can get into it. Whatever. Talk about Boba Fett. Sure. I feel like it was a missed opportunity. Um, at the end, in Clone Wars Episode 2, all right, Jango mm-hmm. Fett gets his head cut off by Mace Windu. Right. And they show, this is a really dark scene. They show a young Boba Fett picking up a helmet that still has his father's head. <laughs> it's very clear about that. His face, neck, everything is still in the helmet. But he holds it up and kind of shows <coughs> it. And so I understand why they did it. Like, in, in the Episode 3, um... Mace Windu gets killed by the lightning or whatever, by the Emperor, and Spoilers. Obi-Wan turns, whatever. 
But like I thought that it would have added to the legend, and I'm not necessarily disappointed the way that they that they solved that uh, with Mace Windu being killed. But I thought it was a missed opportunity for Boba Fett because he has motive for vengeance against the Jedi at that point. And right. I always talk about how the Jedi are the Mando's sworn enemy. Right, right. right. Like these Jedi Knights are the sworn enemy, and um, that they hide from him and all this stuff. But uh, I thought it would have been better for the legend of Boba Fett. If, let's say that Mace Windu's sitting there getting shocked by the Emperor, and he finally turns the lightning Absolute back on him. Power. Yeah, and he turns the lightning back on him, and he's about to kill the Emperor, and right then, a young Boba Fett shows up and blasts him. Or I, whatever. Yes. And now, the legend is, Boba Fett killed a Jedi Knight, a master, as a child. And, like, the lore of that, I just felt like that would have been a missed opportunity. And it just never came to fruition. And I, I again, I'm not mad the way I they mean, solved it. There, but... there is the aspect of you have to write in like why Boba Fett was there in order to kill Mace Windu in the first place. I mean, like... he tagged along with the with the clone army. Like he was there anyways. Not every clone died there. He could have jumped on one of the ships and reported back. Sure, it's a quick sure, fix. Sure. It's two lines of dialogue or maybe, one scene. Sure, maybe, 10 yeah, 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 maybe, 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 maybe. But I mean, in a in a movie where there's already like eleven different subplots going on. Okay, I, I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, again, it, it was I'm not, a missed opportunity. I just don't know how it would fit in. Yeah, I just thought it would add to the legend of Yeah, Boba absolutely. So that's my spiel on that again. I'm not trying to... Yeah, whatever. But um, but yeah, has this moved the... Because like, I know when he showed up in Mandalorian in, so, in season so, two, so that was my shit. I was like, fine. So let me, let me backtrack just a little bit. I was not really into the whole extended universe thing. Like, I read a few things here and there, but to me, it was never really canon, so I never really paid attention right. to it. A lot so, of like, it I, I always treated it sort of as fan fiction, which was like just sort of entertainment or fluff or filler. I never took it seriously. Right. Um, to me, the movies were the Bible. Like, that's, that's what happened. So, for me, when you look at Boba Fett, as to what happens to him, especially in the original trilogy, he's kind of a bitch. He's he kind of he's kind of a like he doesn't really do everything he does is reactionary. Like he doesn't track down the Millennium Falcon. He just sort of follows it and alerts Vader. And Vader is the one that actually delivers him. Delivers yeah. delivers to the Emperor. Right. Um, and and again, like you said. In, in his final scene in, in Jedi, like, he gets taken out by a blind, handcuffed Han Solo. Swinging a pole. Swinging a pole randomly and just gets, it's just, there's a lot of talk about how badass Boba Fett is, but I never actually see him being a badass. Like, there's one scene where he ha turns on his jetpack and hits Luke with a flamethrower. But Luke shakes it off, so there's no, there's no impact, there's no consequence He's just sort of there. I will say this. Most people don't fly in to fight a Jedi. They usually just kind of shoot and run away. I agree. But I'll and give to me, you that. It was a look thing, too, man. As a kid, I was... Oh, aesthetically, he's yeah, great. He's dope as shit looking. Great. So, so was the ultimate warrior. But yeah. when you break down what he actually did... And that's why he's the greatest. Him and Sting <laughs> is the face paint, bro. <laughs> no, uh, no, I get that, though. I was talking to somebody today. Uh, we'll hopefully have him on this podcast when... In future episodes, he's a huge Star Wars guy. Spike Lee? Yeah, I know, right? Um, but no, he was saying that like this show is slowly ruining Boba Fett for him. Really? And there's still time to turn it around. We're only three episodes in. But okay. apparently the third episode, 
it'll be out by the time you guys, by the time this podcast comes out. You guys should have seen it, and I will have too. Apparently there's a bunch of children in it, and they overtake this. When uh, the, I don't know how to say this, I don't know the character's name, but when the black Wookiee, the black and white Wookiee came out. I There's some nerd two, right now that is out there screaming into the microphone. Chris knows like, it, yeah. Yeah, the guy I'm talking it's about. It's clearly Kashiki Wookie number one forty seven. And his name is Black something. It, I'm not. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah, you're not just being racist. No, no, <laughs> no his, I'm pretty sure his name is Black something. That's what I was told today. Okay. But either way, like when he showed up, I was like, that dude's badass in episode two. But um, apparently in episode three, like recoups a bunch of children, and the Boba Fett does, and it's like okay. And he was saying that like it, this show may very well ruin Boba Fett for him, and he's in on Boba Fett. So I hope that's not the case. I'll give yeah. it time to play out, but I am kind of like part of me, and this is this is not my idea. I've read this other places, but part of me kind of wishes the show took place before he was in the Sarlacc pit, so we can see some of that original badassness. I, I, I would agree. Yeah. I understand yeah. why they're doing it to right. explain the Mandalorian universe and saying we're building our own universe. It takes place between uh, Jedi and Episode Seven, right? So I get why they're doing it. It makes sense business to, to fill the gap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, but but I, I am very much in the, in the same vein. Like I would much rather have had a show where it's just Boba Fett going on. Like every season is just him building towards a bigger, better bounty. You know, like season one is you know opens up with him collecting his first bounty, and then he gets you know gets this impossible bounty that he has to collect. Adventure ensues, and then every every season builds onto him just building his way through the criminal empire until he's finally just regarded as the best bounty hunter in the world. Yeah, and then he takes. I just feel like he didn't necessarily. It'd be better if season one ended with him earning the throne, and like where if they could kind of. I'm just pitching. I'm spitballing here. I sure. Don't know. But like almost do kind of half and half, where it's like you see the the flashback scenes of all the terror he's caused. Like he's this galaxy renowned. Like galaxy wide known bounty hunters, sure. like the best of the best, one of the top tiers. Right. You got to think there's he's like some... dog bounty hunter, but like yeah, he's he's high up there. You know, like when the Empire wanted somebody, he was on the list. You know, like him, IG eighty eight, and a few other people whose names I don't know. But um, but you would think that there'd be fallout from that. Like, dude, you kidnapped my the gang lord that I was that I was a servant under. Sure. That dude's out of jail now. He he's coming for you. There's got to be hundreds of those stories, or at least dozens well, of them. To be fair, he also had a history of disintegration, so there is that. Well, yeah, even then, there's still got to be people that were <laughs> right. friends with them, right? You know right. what I mean? You killed my father, or you, yeah, blasted my brother and stuck him in carbonite. Or... Good call on the on the disintegration. He does have a history of that. That was good. No disintegrations. Hey, man, that's why we keep mocking around, dude. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I'm along for the ride on Book of Boba Fett. Um, I'm, I don't want to butcher the name, the actor's name. I think he's doing a really serviceable. Service, serviceable job as what Boba Fett. Name? It's uh, not Taika Waititi. No, it's not Taika Waititi. <laughs> it's uh, Tamora Morrison. Hey, thank you. That's thank it. You. Yeah. Didn't you have to look it up? Wow. Exactly. And uh, Ming Na Wen is awesome in it. She's great. I want to see more of her. She's just she is man. phenomenal in that. Uh, I really like her being <laughs> the uh, major domo kind of kind of character, like yeah. advising. There's a whole scene where she talks about how. Um, Jabba ruled through fear, and he was, you know, he ruled with an iron fist, and and basically Boba Fett talks about, I will rule through respect. Yeah, through respect. Which, okay, I get, but let's be honest, if you're running a criminal underworld, fear's a really good motivator. It is, but also... Especially if you're the most badass 
bounty hunter in the galaxy and you have this whole history behind you, why wouldn't you bring that to the table? I would argue with this, though. And this is why I appreciate the Mandalorian show. Is because we're getting into the lore of the Mandalorian, and they have some really strict codes about some things. You know what I mean? And so there's probably a... It's like a, almost, for lack of a better word, like a Bushido, like a creed of a samurai. Sure. Where it's like... We don't do certain things, and while he, he is a de facto in the fact that there's different branches and he's one that can take his helmet off and stuff like that, um, I do appreciate He probably does have a strong list of, like, not a lot of gray area. It's like, I do this or I don't. And so I understand the approach that they're taking and the fact of, like, I rule through respect. And, yeah, he definitely makes his own code. I just, I don't understand... I, I would like to see more of the transition of how he goes from, I mean, obviously as a, as a bounty hunter, you have to rule through fear. You have to be, people have to be afraid of you as a bounty hunter because otherwise, why would they care? What, what's the point? Like, you know, oh, I'm here to arrest you. Well, not today. Okay. Maybe tomorrow then. <laughs> right. Like, it, I don't think it'd go quite like that, but, <laughs> but, but you see what I'm saying? Like there, there has to be an aspect of. Oh shit, Boba Fett's coming for me. Right, right. And so, why? I would like to see more of the transition of why he went from choosing a job that fear and terror and discipline are paramount into honor and respect and uh, honor. Yeah, I, I, I get that. You see what I'm saying? There's a lot of empty space there. Maybe they'll flesh it out, though. Maybe that's the journey we're on with this season one. Now, they are doing a, a weird thing to where, spoiler alert, it, they split time within the within the series. Yeah, they do some nonlinear storytelling they, a little bit. The, the story is split between his time taking over from Jabba and from the time he emerges from the Sarlacc pit, and he gets found by Tusken Raiders, and he's... It's kind of a dances with wolves, pretty much Princess Mononoke kind of thing, where he's like, it's it's a stranger in a in a new world, learning the native people's way of life. Um, so and maybe he ends up helping them. Yeah, yeah. Maybe there's a story within that that they that they haven't quite fleshed out. But I would like to see more of the transition of how he goes from his first mentality of the original series into the new, you know honorable dynamo right, kind right. of thing yeah hopefully just me no i get it i dig it though I'm, I'm along for the ride and those technical difficulties that we are back from are brought to you by bush's bavarian <laughs> if you're gonna drink you might as well make it bushes bavarian <laughs> yeah book of bubba fit good show thus far i can't wait to see more it to answer your earlier question, it hasn't quite turned my opinion of Boba Fett, but I'm really hoping that it does because the same. I'm, I'm I'm hoping that it does the same that the Mandalorian did for me, to where I knew almost nothing about the character and I ended up falling in love with everybody. Yeah. Cool. So we'll anyway, do more of it. That sums that up. Uh, what else has been up, man? Been rocking any of the sticks recently? Been playing any video games? Oh. Here's a subset of our podcast. What you been playing? Oh, yeah. Yeah, what you been playing? <laughs> I finished Pokemon Shining Pearl last night. I am officially the Pokemon Master. In that you game. caught them all? I uh, did not catch them all yet. Uh, 
Apparently now I get the Master Pokedex and there's like hundreds upon hundreds, but I did uh, defeat the Elite Four. So I started like 14 different games recently and I'm just trying to chip off one by one of actually beating them and be like, okay, now let's go finish the other game I started so then I can actually start a game in its entirety and devote my time to it. But one off the list. Also something I'm trying to do. Uh, I mean, I, I tend to play a lot of the same similar stuff, like a lot of Gears of War, um, Injustice, every once in a while I'll break into the Mortal Kombat series, stuff like that. Um, I've been playing a lot of Hades lately. Oh, Hades. I love that game. Oh, yeah. <sighs> I do too, but yet I've never, it's like, it's like a relationship with an abusive girlfriend. <laughs> it's just, I'm tired of getting my ass beat, but damn, is it fun? Dude. You know what I mean? Like she does something to me. Dude, that game, <laughs> dying is so much a part of that game. I hope that actually that's a show or that's a, a video game series that I, I could see being a show or something like that. Like, the world's really rich, man. Like, all the characters that you talk to, all the NPCs and stuff. Well, how did that work in terms of you you play the part of, uh, what's his name, Z Zagaris? Zagreus. Zagreus, right. Uh, so Zagreus just finding his way out of Hades and dying repeatedly and constantly, like, every episode he dies and has to start from the beginning. Or just by series, by the end of the series, he... He died. I don't know. I think it'd be fun. Though. I think it's a world that's rich for... Uh, you can make something out of it. It's a good IP. You know, it's not like anybody owns the rights to the Greek gods. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> because there's Zeus and Marvel, DC, every known entities ever. So, but yeah, I dig that game a lot. I think I'm going to... Speaking of which, I have increased... And this really plays into movies, comic books, right up our alley. I have been increasing our... Uh, I'm a big 2D fighter fan, and mm -hmm. I have my favorite fighting game of all time is Marvel vs. Capcom 2. And I have dedicated some time and unfortunately way too much money into collecting <laughs> the entire Capcom Marvel vs. series. And so I ended up getting um, Marvel Super Heroes the other day, which was a blast. I got Marvel or uh, X-Men vs. Street Fighter, which is an import I got, which thank you, Ryan, for hooking it up with the uh, modded PlayStation that plays Japanese and American <laughs> games for free. It was quite the win. And uh, I got Marvel vs. Capcom 1 on Dreamcast, Marvel vs. Capcom 2 on Dreamcast. I'm only missing one. But uh, I bring all that up because it is college basketball season, and it is also Royal Rumble season, I believe. Yes, sir. And so I think here in the near future, we are going to do some kind of round-robin playoff of some kind, whether it be movies, characters. We'll figure out the wire out the details, but there's going to be some versus stuff. So... Little little backstory on this. The one of the the primordial origins of this podcast is, of Michael and I's relationship <laughs> is just him and I talking about who would win in a fight in terms of video game characters, mostly comic book characters, but you know also movie characters, what have you. You know, like who would win in a fight between Deadpool and Hawkeye? Who would win in a fight between? Thanos and Darkseid, who would win in a fight between Batman and... Yeah, you name it. And what, Ryu yeah. from Street Fighter. Right, right yeah. yeah. Just just Akuma. random, just middle-of-the-night calls for no reason, you know. Yeah, I was living in Maryland uh, pretty recently up until, like, April of this year. And uh, Michael and I were trying to continue our relationship or whatever and just, you know, still be brothers and still have contact. So we both get random calls and sometimes we'd have a bad day and you just want to escape instead of sitting there talking about your shitty day. You can just escape into 
some fictional matchups. And so we and I are calling, who would win, Nova or uh, Nova Prime when he had the entire force in him during Annihilation Wave or Hal Jordan? You know, oh, Nova for X, Y, and Z. <laughs> well, it depends on if it's Hal Jordan when he's Parallax or if right. it's Hal Jordan when he's in the Kingdom Come version. Right. I mean, stupid nerd shit like that yeah. that, that would dedicate us to – Two hours of nonsensical phone calls that went way too long into the night. Way too long. So eventually we want to bring that to the forefront and maybe we'll do like a maybe a movie hero matchup or a comic book matchup, but we want to get into the want to get into the whole versus matchup thing. Yeah, and we've been doing that since we were little kids though. Like because like I, I said on the first podcast, Michael was the father to my game on a lot of this stuff. Like Michael was into comic books and him being my older brother and you know, me wanting to see what's going on in his world, I'd sneak into his milk crate that he had filled with comic books. And, <laughs> Who's this? And you know, I remember they had um, Infinity War, and on the cover, it was like every Marvel superhero. It was like a splash page on right. the cover. I was like, "Who's this?" And oh, that's this person. Who's that? Oh, that's this person. Who's this person? Oh, that's this. I'm like, who would win between them and them? And Michael would break it down for me in his honest to god opinions. <laughs> and uh, I think that's just on a side note. I think that's where a lot of my sense of wonderment comes from. In uh, like the whole MCU thing, like Michael and I, when we were a kid, for those that don't remember, there was a magazine called Wizard, and um, Wizard magazine would always do these fantasy castings long before these movies were ever even a, a thought. So Michael, oh, who's gonna? And they would cast like, if we were to cast X Men today, who would play it? And this is back in the late '80s, early '90s, whatever, up to 2000, whenever the magazine, or we stopped getting it. And that was kind of like how this all started as kids was uh, casting and who would win in a fight and all this and all that and. Oh yeah, I, I was I was one of the first persons to cast uh, Patrick Stewart as Charles Xavier. Yeah. I, mean, I remember doing that back in you know, because I'm a hipster and I did things before they were cool. So you know, right? Uh, yeah, I did that back in you know '96, '97, just sitting around the the school lunch table bullshitting with my friends and casting the X Men movie in terms of you know. If you were going to cast the X-Men, who would you use right now? And we had some wild Way out stuff. there stuff, yeah. I mean, a lot of Johnny Depp, a lot of uh, Christina Ricci. Yeah. Uh, I also said that they should cast uh, uh, Frazier. What's his name? Uh, Kelsey Grammer. Kelsey Grammer. Kelsey Grammer as Beast. But I suggested that they do it uh, with CGI. And my friend was like, that's bullshit. We need to do it uh, old school, you know, costumes like painting fur on him and stuff like that with a suit and i'll be damned credit where credit's due he was right better. yeah it ended up way better yeah i think one of the original ones was danny devito as puck was a big one i remember that's right that's right yeah, he'd be a great book uh but yeah that's kind of like the origins of all this and I, I brought all that up just to say that you know when we were doing the whole like who would win in a fight this person or this person that's i think why marvel vs. capcom really spoke to me mm -hmm. like oh we're gonna give you that right and I again, I get this sense of wonderment of I never thought that I'd see. I thought maybe I'll see an X Men in my life ever since Batman was a hit. I, I knew we'd get the big ones over time, maybe. Like Shuma Gorath is in the new Doctor Strange. <laughs> like not in my wildest. I was I was amazed when he was on the Marvel's Capcom Two roster, or even the the original Marvel superheroes roster. It's like we're getting Shuma Gorath on the big screen. Like that, like get out of here. That's that's insane. And so I still kind of am a little bit biased to a lot of that stuff because I just never thought I'd see some of this. Oh, oh, absolutely, me too. Like, I, 
I understand that the Marvel movies, especially, are very one note. Like they 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 have a very formulaic approach to their movies. But I'll be honest with you, I'm perfectly fine with that because I get to see things that I read in middle school, you know, like 20, 30 years ago that I'm just now getting to see on the big screen. And I'm super excited for it. Like, I, I want more. Like, yeah, like, why wouldn't I want to see Thanos doing the snap? Because that's such a major important part of comic book history and comic book lore that the fact that we finally get to see Thanos snap out half of existence. If you'd have told me in middle school that I would see that, uh, yeah, I would, I would not have believed you. I, it, if you'd have told me back in high school that we would have seen all the great things that we've seen via the Marvel movies right now. Yeah. Not would have blown my wildest expect- expectations. Yeah. I remember when infinity war came out, I was, um, I'll tell you some of the story later, but I was so quick on watching the Marvel movies that people would spoil it for me because I was the resident moviegoer of the house. And um, so I remember seeing it and only one person had the bootleg and everyone was like, don't talk about it. And he pulled me aside and he's like, so you read the comic books, like you knew he was going to snap. Like, why is this still hold your interest? I was like, one, the second they introduced Thanos, I knew the snap was coming. You know what Right. Why else would you choose Thanos? Right. What are you going to do, Infinity? It's, no. the, it's the greatest Chekhov's gun yeah, in the like history we know of, what's of, a, of a multiverse. The joy was not knowing which half was going to go. Right. That was, so it was yes. still entirely enjoyable. It's kind of like if you read the Walking Dead comics and you watch the show. It's different enough where you can still enjoy it. But this one, I had no idea which half of the universe was going to go. That was Everyone was on the edge of their seat in that moment. Yeah, your excitement is... is see, in a weird way, seeing the journey to to get to the place that you know that they're going to go to Absolutely. eventually, like like seeing Spider Man swing across the screen and interact with Captain America for the first time, like yeah. it's it, it, seeing seeing Wakanda revealed for the first time. Yeah, this, this 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 weird this place that I'd only ever seen w- within the realm of of comic book art and to see it brought you know written large on the brit on the silver screen it's incredible yeah. it, I, it these stories hold up for a reason there's a reason why if they ever do another spider-man venom story i'm, I'm gonna, gonna watch it they, i've seen it three times already the it. same reason why if the next iteration of whoever's gonna play the joker i'm gonna be interested in it mm-hmm. because the stories and the characters are so rich that they deserve reinterpretation year after year. And they, and I really do believe that it's comic book characters to me are the Greek heroes of our time. Yeah. The American mythos. And I want to see more of it. Like that you and I have talked about this a, a little bit back in the day, but like, I'm, I'm probably one of the last generation that actually got, beat up and and made fun of and and ostracized for reading a comic book right that i have a really real memory of reading a batman comic book on the bus ride from school back home and somebody being like why are you reading that that's kid stuff that's you know yada yada yada. i think they called you something meaner than that that will reserve for not being on the air yeah all i got a lot was hey faggot yeah pretty, pretty <laughs> kids weren't so nice back then. so 
so it's really weird for me in a in a weird way to see that it's that the things that I loved and got made fun of in as a youth brought to the forefront of society and pop culture and now it's the cool thing like there, there was a part of me for a long time that was really bothered by seeing dude bros and and like the type of guy that would beat me yeah, up in middle yeah. school i was on the tail end of those i was yeah but 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 you know what i'm talking yeah. about like there's a point of reference there the trap bros like, and stuff oh yeah like bringing their kids or showing up with their friends and be like oh spider-man right like that dude's awesome and like you have no idea like Talk to me about Ben Riley. Talk to me about what the actual origin of Venom is. Talk to me about... It's it's one of those things where, just like a lot of things, it's, it's kind of like when a band blows up and it's too big to fit in your back pocket anymore. Yeah. And you're like, I made you hot. Like, you know. But people forget that Marvel was going to go bankrupt until they sold the rights for all these characters. That's why all like, the Fox iterations came out and stuff sure. like that. And so I, that's why I still go to support brick and mortar stores, which that's my other PSA. Go support a local comic also, book. Also, free comic book day is coming up first Saturday of May. Be there. Go buy a comic book. Yeah. It just... If you like the movies, buy a comic book. But no, it's weird though. Like, I remember when Infinity War came out, and I was talking at the time, just quick backstory. I was living in a halfway house, um, and I had to talk to my counselor to get permission to have a late curfew. And I was like, now you know I'm going to add, I could lie to you about a bunch of stuff, but. I just want to tell you, I want to go see the Infinity War. It's going to start at 7. It's like a two-hour, two half-hour movie. I probably won't be home until like midnight. I think I was supposed to be home at 10. She's like, I appreciate the honesty. <laughs> what is it about this that is like hooking you so bad? She just wanted to know. And I told her, I've literally been waiting my whole life to see Thanos yeah. snap. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Literally my whole right. life to see this. Right, right. And so I'm, I'm on board. So, Yeah. All that being said, to go back to the point, that's why Marvel's Capcom too. We're trying to get <laughs> all those characters in one place to let them do battle, and you can answer some of these questions of who would win Thanos versus this. And it's yeah, that's why I dig that stuff, man. So to all the legions out there, what you can look forward to yes. is eventually we're going to do a March Madness bracket. March Madness bracket. A bunch of verses. We haven't quite decided what it's going to be yet. It might be comic books. It might be movie heroes. It might be. Something of that nature, but we're going to do a bunch of brackets, and we hope it's a recurring segment. If you have your ideas, at least annually in March or you know around Royal Rumble, or, or if we run out of ideas, or you yeah, know, also that's fine. Look, I I could do that all day. Like, I'll <laughs> give you a quick one. Who would win? Uh, oh God, let's see. Make it a good one. This is the first one on record. Year one, Kyle Rayner. Ooh, or okay. Dark Hawk. Which iteration of Darkhawk? Um, when he was the stray from the fraternity of Raptors, when he was like the dude back in the nineties. Okay. Mm. Which I like how they introduced the whole fraternity of Raptors. That's a cool thing. And what is Darkhawk's name? It, it's not Richard Ryder. It's... No, it's not Richard Ryder. I forgot. Man, I should know that. I'm a big Darkhawk guy. Oh no. Yeah, I should know that. Really, we're cutting all this out. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> We, we Google stuff. Young Jamie, cut this out. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, because I know they just got a new one. They're celebrating 35 years of Darkhawk, and I just bought the comic book number one. Christopher Powell. Why? why Chris Powell, that's Because it's right. a very forgettable name. No that's offense. right. It is. It is. It doesn't have the same alliteration and the same oomph as a Peter Parker or a Scott Summers or a yeah. Charles Xavier. Uh, but yeah, Darkhawk, when they turned him from being... Like a street level guy into like a little bit a more cosmic, cosmic level, stuff. right? Yeah, right. That that iteration, Dan Abnett. 
Or year one Kyle Rayner. I'm kind of inclined to say year one Kyle Rayner. Only because, if I remember correctly, and I, I'm not the biggest Green Lantern fan, so I, I can't really speak with a whole bunch of authority on this. But again, welcome to the Speculation Podcast. Speculation. <laughs> um, I, I remember Kyle Rayner had a problem with reigning in his power. And he was... He he had a tendency... His, because he's an artist and uh, his imagination had a tendency to run wild... And so the, there was a real problem with him uh, being able to focus on the on the task at hand without going overboard. So you think he just overkill it with Arkar? Maybe sense? not intentionally, but yeah, yeah. In, in in a certain manner, for sure. Uh, especially because at that point, Darkhawk, like you said, is coming from a street level uh, New York uh, tertiary character into into the cosmic scale of, yeah, of hanging out with, with Silver Surfer and, and Gamora and Drax the Destroyer and the Infinity Gauntlet and yeah, the Nihilus and all those guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, but I based that completely on my limited knowledge of both characters. Uh, yeah, I, I could see it going either way. I'm, I'm inclined for a, green, uh, for a Green Lantern, but anyways, that's just a sample size of uh, what you're probably going to be getting. <laughs> but yeah, that, that whole debate went on for a long time. So with that being said, uh, last week we did the year in review, and I think we should maybe talk about the year in preview. Let's talk about some stuff that's coming up. This is what we will be watching. So these are not all of them by any means, but here are some of them. Um, I think Morbius drops soon. Yeah. Yeah. Mild interest. Again, it's a tertiary comic book character that I never really had a vested interest in. It's inter- I, I'm interested to see how they're going to ex- expand the Sony universe of the Marvel characters. I know that they're already working with Tom Hardy's Venom. They've got... Um, Vulture's in this one briefly. He's in the trailer, at least. Which is interesting to see because that's a, a, a main MCU villain, so it's going to be interesting to see how that plays in terms of what the relation is between the Marvel universe and the Sony universe and exactly how much that overlaps and how much is canon. Yeah, it's especially with the multiverse stuff now. Is his Spider-Man, Andrew Garfield, is his Spider-Man? Is he in the Tobey Maguire world? So who knows? Yeah, it. I, I'm willing to check it out, but I, I don't have a whole lot of expectations. I'm right there with you on that one. Also because... Jared Leto, which we've established, yeah, <laughs> your loads, uh, your yeah. loathing, and com- not necessarily apathy. I that's not the right he's word. He's talented. I'll say that he just some some people just rub you the wrong way. That's eh, just that guy. So I, again, I'm a sucker for this stuff. So I know I'm going to see it. Like it, my expectations are low, and I think maybe if I keep my expectations low, I think I might enjoy it. Now in that same month, I believe. No, I think Morbius comes out really soon. After that is we get the Batman. With Robert Pattinson. Now, I am really interested for this. I am too. I was not a huge Robert Pattinson fan, only because I hadn't seen a lot of stuff he was in. Like, the only thing I'd really ever seen him in was the Harry Potter stuff. and Yeah, besides Twilight, obviously. I, and I'd seen one or two of the Twilight movies, but I just, I couldn't handle it. They were so ridiculous to me. And yeah. That's not me trying to flex. It's just, it wasn't my bag. It's just, it just wasn't my thing. Everyone has a level of geek. Like, I... Just, 
just wasn't my flavor. Wasn't my, yeah. You know, just it, I don't think I was the target audience. No, 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 no. Um, but I did see him in the Lighthouse. The Rover is what got me. The Rover, he's incredible in that. Movie. I have not seen yet, but I I've heard, heard he was good he... in Water for Elephants. Oh, that's also right. Yeah. My thing is, is that I respect him a lot, like Daniel Radcliffe, in the sense that Daniel Radcliffe made enough money off of Harry Potter. He never has to work again. Oh, he can do whatever he wants. Yeah. But he, yeah. because he's an artist, he went back and did all these like lower budget movies to like really work on his craft and get better and explore who he is coming from a childhood actor into an adult. And I respect him for doing that because now he pretty much, again, he doesn't need the money. Swiss Robert Army Clark. Man for me was one of the funniest movies. Guns Akimbo. Oh, Guns Akimbo yes. is the truth, man. That, I forgot that was him. Yeah. For some reason, I always... I always think that that's Elijah Wood, and it's not because you're not the first person. To <laughs> I literally completely I'm forgot sure. that that was him. I thought it was Elijah Wood. <laughs> yeah, um, I forgot where we're going with that. Morbius. Oh, Morbius. Uh, yeah, we were on some rant about something. That's going to happen a lot here as well. But yeah. Oh no, we're talking about, about the that Bat bingo card. No, no, the Batman. We're talking about Batman, right? Yes, yes. How yes. he, uh, how he took time to kind of get better at his craft or whatever. But I remember there was a lot of backfire. Like maybe some people might not remember this because his performance now is like I never said anything bad about it ever. But Heath Ledger was not wanted as a Joker. He had never played a villain right. before, and people were shitting all over him on the internet of like, really, a Knight's Tale is going to be the Joker? Okay. And then the movie came out, and everyone forget they ever said anything about that. For me, Robert Pattinson makes sense as a Bruce Wayne, because if you look at just who Robert Pattinson is, and I'm sure he's a nice guy, never met the guy. Right. Every interview seems pretty cool, actually. But like, he kind of has like the like rich, like Bruce Wayne is like this rich, entitled, handsome white kid. Oh, uh, yeah, and absolutely. Pattinson really can embody that because not it's kind of like character persona or star persona a little bit, and that he has that down. And um, I like how they're doing like a year two story. I I I, I, I really do like how he's not brand new Batman. But yeah, he's... they're 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 breaking him down into a, a younger, more ruthless, more vengeful Batman. Apparently, from what I've seen that's, from the from the trailers, it, he that's seems what the be... movie promo says. That it's he's still very angry about his parents' death, and he's instead of committing his resources, he's committed almost like martyrdom to himself, where he's going to commit his body mm, to mm. the soul of of Gotham, and he's still kind of too wow, close. That's an to interesting it. take. That's kind of what I hear on the word on the street. Um, I also hear it's going to be a much more detective-driven story. Which, which thank God. I, I really appreciate because we've seen Batman kick ass and fight his way out of every situation for 11 movies now. I yeah, can't even keep track. Got, I mean, yeah. just whatever. I really like the idea of Batman being the world's greatest detective. He is, I, yeah. I think that... Matt Reeves might be the director to bring that to the forefront and, and to really showcase that. I like the idea of uh, Paul Dano as this Zodiac Killer-esque kind oh, of yeah. Riddler. Um, it, it's very intriguing. I, uh, uh, not necessarily the... Um, not Josh Groban. Who am I? Uh, uh, Josh Groban. <laughs> no, uh, uh, Gorkin. The Gorkin version of uh, the Riddler. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, you know. Uh, but also not the Jim Carrey version, which was which is like a a, yeah. a, a mockery of that. Um, I, I like the idea of the Riddler being a much more cerebral um, villain, a much more uh, um, tactful and mindful villain. Absolutely, I'm on. 
when they said that it was in tone with the long Halloween, Jeff yeah. Loeb and Tim Sales, like pivotal Batman detective story that takes place over a year. I like that. That I'm I'm all on board. Also, shout out to the longest Halloween if yeah, you haven't read Halloween, that. Yeah, Dark uh, Victory is another good one. Uh, the follow up. Zoe Kravitz cast as Catwoman. Yeah, perfect. that is perfect casting for me. I mean, visually, you 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 cannot get more in tune with what my idea of what Catwoman looks like. It is almost yeah picturesque. Like she was born to play this role. Yeah, in the scene uh, in the trailer where he's walking down the hallway and taking machine gun fire in the chest. The Batman, like, reader in me was like, he wouldn't do that. But I didn't care because it looked so freaking cool that I was like, I'll forgive it. Somebody made a joke today. They were telling me that uh, Batman does have a superpower, and it's plot armor. Like, Batman <laughs> do whatever you need Batman to do. So, like, I was like that's, that's the most interesting superpower I've ever heard described for Batman. Right. Plot armor. He is the, uh, what's the male version of Mary Sue, the Michael Steve. Yeah, or, whatever, yeah. Whatever. Martin. Martin Stevens or whatever. Yeah, yeah it, he has the plot armor. Yeah, but yeah, no, yeah. I'm I'm all on board that movie. And speaking of the Riddler, did you ever see the the meme online about like somebody said something about like how Batman didn't shit, and the internet just took it and ran with it. They're like, how Batman gonna lose for 65 years against a clown with a <laughs> water flower with a poison water flower? And then somebody was like, Batman lost the city lost the city of Gotham to a man that tells knock knock jokes and riddles. <laughs> and my favorite one was a. Uh, if you give Batman and Kevin McAllister the same amount of prep time, Kevin McAllister would body Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, the internet was having a day on his ass. I have to defend this house. I'm the man of the house now. Yeah, <laughs> that one got me. That one got me. Anyways, yeah, the Batman. I'm I, you know what? That would be a movie crossover that I would watch. You, could, I would watch that six times in a row. Yeah. Batman starring in the brand new Home Alone. But you have to cast it with Macaulay Culkin, the same age he is now. Oh, absolutely. Like, it's just an updated version of Home Alone, but and he has to defend himself from Batman. From Batman like, and So how does this work? Okay. Wait. Yeah, I, that, that Let's mean, write God, a movie. Let's write a movie. Hold Quick on. pitch. Okay. Quick. Okay. So let's work. Let's work. Let, let's start at the end and work way backwards. Batman is breaking into the McAllister house. Right. Right? Okay. okay. So Kevin has become a home security expert right buzz what's his brother's name buzz yeah his cousin yeah yeah frames McAllister. he goes out commits a crime and plants the evidence back at the house which oh. he used let's say kevin McAllister's car whatever it was to commit a crime and so batman even though he's, he'd have to take a plot device here but he would be because he's the world's greatest detective he was just wanting to get information out of him kevin McAllister doesn't know that he just sees him simply as a home in, like a home invader Oh, so he doesn't wait. So he doesn't even recognize that it's Batman for the first like half of the movie. Yeah, right. Like, or, so, or it is, but he's like, still no, no, no. no. That, that's how it works. He doesn't recognize that it's Batman for the first half of the movie, right? Like, and so then it's just in like an origin story of like it's happening again. They're trying to break in. I got to keep him out. And then he realizes that it's Batman. So then they have to have that meeting of like, hey man, I'm sorry for everything that happened. And Batman's like, you've already taken it too far. Yeah, well, Batman at first would only go there just to talk. Like, you know, his interrogation would probably be violent. But, you know, he would go there for that. And then as Kevin McAllister just set him up for the okie doke time and time again, then it's like, now Batman's getting angry. You know, now he's slowly but surely, like, can start to think of like, oh, I'm dealing with a professional. This isn't right. some slump. But it, he gets him for the first act of the movie because he's not expecting it. He's like, oh, I'm just going to go talk to this dude, rough him up a little bit, 
get the information I want and I'll solve this crime. Meanwhile, I was taking paint cans in the face. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, Flipping our race cars and yeah, marbles yeah, yeah. and paintball He's getting chihuahuas released on him and shit yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's how we get there, Michael. That's how we get there. And then they have a meeting of a mind. It was actually the Wet Bandits that did it in Frank. Copyright Dudley Brothers Productions coming to you soon. Starring uh Ben Affleck. Yeah, whoever. <laughs> Give me somebody. Give me somebody. All right. Um we've been going for a while. Uh Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. I mean, Shumagorath, come on. I, and also, we've already seen the world expanded, the, the, the Marvel Universe expanded within the Spider-Man Far From Home Universe. I mean, if you're ever going to bring in every Marvel movie that's ever been brought in, yeah. I'm talking the, the Fantastic Four, the X-Men, the Punisher, the you name it. Like, There's going to be more Young Avengers, I think, because she heard at the end of WandaVision, she heard... Uh, uh, Wiccan and what's Speed? Yeah, Speed. Yeah, she heard them in a different in a different reality, and so I mean, did she? Yeah, that was that was a sting at the very end of one of them. She went to the cabin and meditated. She was like, "Mommy," and so uh-huh. I, I mean, we're getting the young Avengers. Like, it's happening. We already got Kate Bishop. We already got Stature Cassie. We already know uh, Eli. Um, Ms. Marvel's going to show up yeah. in the new Marvels. Yeah, uh, Patriot movie. Eli. What's uh, his name? Uh, Eli Bradley. Yeah, Eli Bradley. Thank you. Um, uh the new not captain america um america chavez america chavez thank you yes yep yep yep, yep. that's coming like they're building it right in front of which i'm all for it like yeah like yeah ant-man's daughter of stature let's do that why wouldn't you in a world where chris evans and robert downey and um thor uh chris hemsworth is are, are all leaving like Let's bring in a new crop of of, of young, young Avengers that we can bring in and milk them for the next eight to ten years until they re-up their contracts and we'll bring in some new people. And as long as we get Yelena Bol- Bol- Bolva, whatever. Bolova. Bolova. And her and Kate Bishop hanging out. I'm there for 90 minutes. I made macaroni with hot dogs. It's good. You want? Yeah. I can help put sauce on us now. <laughs> that, that scene in Hawkeye. Uh, but yeah, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. I don't think we need to expand on that. We're in on that one. Uh, I know Pixar is eh, when they're on, they're on. Up is one of my favorite films by far. The opening ten if minutes. If you of watch the first ten minutes of Up and don't cry, you have no soul. Motionless robot. Shout out to Matthew Dudley. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I say that to bring up uh, Lightyear. Chris Evans is. Are you interested in that at all? Uh, Toy Story One. If you go back, it's a. All the listen, listen, listen. Yeah. I, I, love the, I love the Toy Story franchise. I feel the same way about this as I did with the Solo, uh, Han Solo origin story. I don't think that it's the, it, I don't think it's a story anyone was ever clamoring for. I, yeah. I it's, it's very obviously just a, a, a money grab. It's them trying to put asses in seats to, to recover from low sales over covid and like i totally get it yeah i'm mildly interested but i can't picture myself going to the theater to go check it out like that's not going to be the one it's not the driving for it yeah. no but no people no, no. need family picks man their kids have been cooped I, up. i hear you i, I, I hear you i hear you it's also like agreed with solo like i i watched it It was enjoyable it's fine but like i also said the same thing about joker i was like do i need a solo joker movie and after the longest time i was like I'm going to see it because I'm in the bag for this stuff. 
But then right when it started getting like perfect reviews, it was getting like four and a half, sure. fives, tens. I was like, okay, maybe there's something to this. But that movie merited merited its own existence, I would say. But yeah, so Lightyear, I'll probably check it on Disney Plus. Uh, Uncharted, I don't know if you're a fan of the game. It looks like a fun popcorn movie. Uncharted with Tom Holland, <laughs> Mark Wahlberg. I mean, listen, both of those guys have enough credibility credibility with me that. I'll give it a good look. Again, I don't know that it's going to be the thing that drives me to go mask up and have to sanitize myself and go sit in a theater with a bunch of infected people. But I'm willing to give it a look-see. It looks like a good, fun popcorn movie. I'd love to actually watch it with you and maybe do like a live stream or like just our own like mystery science theater commentary or something like that. But... I can't imagine that's going to be a movie that's going to change my life or be in my top 10 anytime soon. Yeah, if so, I mean, I like both. I think Tom Holland's a really underappreciated actor. And Mark Wahlberg's. Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg. Shout out to Yeah, you found it. Mark Wahlberg. He's always fun. Um, if somebody, if I was going with a group of people and they want to go see that, I'd be fine with it. Um, so, yeah, I'm not really a fan of the games either. I've played it and they're a lot of fun. Sure. I just, sure. I just never, I didn't own a PlayStation at that time. So, uh, Thor: Love and Thunder, Taika Waititi. I mean, what he does? Come on, we're in the bag, like, and we're already we get to see Jane me, Foster as Thor, which I'm all about. Thor: The God Butcher, played by Christian Bale. Hopefully, I, we get a little Beta Ray Bill, baby. Yeah, if they don't bring in Beta Ray Bill at this point, when are you going to do it? His like, horse head was, or the Corbinite head was already in the. Uh, Oh yeah, in Ragnarok. Yeah, yeah, in yeah, Ragnarok. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I know what the Corbinites are. So <laughs> uh, Wakanda, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. I'm interested what they do about the Chadwick Boseman situation. Yeah. I've heard it's going to be Winston Duke. I've heard they're bringing back. It's just going to be Letitia Wright because Shuri was the Black Panther for a long time. There's there's a lot of rumor on that one. I'm I'm interested to see what they're going to do because Chad Chadwick Boseman was such a beloved character and yeah. he personified. The Black Panther and T'Challa in... Recognize its importance for not only black cinema, but just cinema as a whole. Well, and in a way, it's almost like like a James Bond scenario. Like, everyone is going to compare James Bond to the Sean Connery version. Just because he was the first, he was the best, he was the one that laid it down. Yeah. And unfortunately, it was cut from him way Way too early. So there's always going to be a, a lingering essence of... What if? Yeah, rest in peace, Chad. You were good in everything. Wakanda. Yeah, Wakanda. forever. Wakanda forever. Always uh, right over left. Don't let me catch you saying Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever. Left over right arm. Don't do it. It's always right over left. I'm interested, though, in the sense that they've also, uh, Ryan Coogler said that they're not going to recast T'Challa. And I know that there's a lot of people petitioning because they're saying, like, T'Challa is such an important character that, like, he needs to be in our in, in the world, not just the MCU, but just the world. Now, now how do you feel about that in terms of, I mean, I, again, I'm not holding you to a, a specific decision, but just if you had to decide in terms of how, how do you feel about that? Would you like to see them bring in somebody new to bring in the legacy of T'Challa? And so it's basically just a continuation of the T'Challa that we already "Quote unquote," no, like, like a like a Don Cheadle, uh, Rody Rhodes kind Rhodes. of situation. I'll tell or, you. or do you, or do you say, just fuck it? You can never touch what Chad Bozeman did, especially in this iteration. Like, maybe they revamp it later or reboot it later. They're gonna re in 
20, 30, 40 years, they're going to restart the Marvel sure. again. Like, they're going to get all the toys in the sandbox first, and then they're going to start again. But I'm saying just in terms of the, the, the lineage of It's tough, as man, we know it. I'm, I'm torn. I, I do appreciate, like, the importance of that movie. And Chadwick was so good in everything. The, yes. the ongoing joke of that one day there'll be a biography about Chadwick Boseman's life. And Chadwick Boseman would play himself. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, he right. was so like he's the only one that could have done it. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of torn on this one. I understand that like there's a lot of comic book lore to, to pull from. At one point, Eric Killmonger was the protector of Wakanda really briefly in the comics back in the day. Mm-hmm. When um, T'Challa married Storm in the comics, I know that um, Shuri took over as Black Panther for a while, so they could go that route. Right. And Letitia Wright's good, but. I feel bad for whoever is going to step up and not necessarily be T'Challa, but is going to be the next Black Panther. Sure. I've heard rumors of it being Winston Duke. I've heard of it being Eric Killmonger from a different multiverse. I'll say this. It's a kind of a, it's a lose-lose situation. And yeah. It's a tough deal for Ryan Coogler. If anybody can do it, it's that guy. He's, I he's hope a so. really talented guy. I hope He's so. a really smart guy. I, I, I don't doubt his ability to bring the story around and have it make sense. Like you're the, not going to, it's going to be, if he sticks the landing, it's going to be the ma- most massive undertaking. Like, sure. Sure. It's kind of like Endgame when you watch it, like you might have flaws with it. Like, eh, okay. Endgame time travel. Like as a whole, they stuck the landing. You're like, wow, they did 22 movies in three hours and some change. Like, ugh. My, my only fear with the, with the new Black Panther is, I mean, let's be honest, like comic book fan base kind of has a real toxic aspect to it and there's always going to be like we were talking about the best time to be a comic book fan it's the worst time right because everybody has an opinion and everybody's the mcu's beloved so there's always going to be the certain sect of people that are going to just naysay it no matter what it is they're always going to well how dare they replace Chadwick Boseman and how dare they not replace Chadwick Boseman right. and how dare they bring in a female Black Panther? How dare they, whatever, what, you know, insert X scenario. Right. And, and there's always going to be that, that certain aspect of, Oh, it's too woke. It's not woke enough. It's this, it's that, it's the other. It's tough order. I, I The Marvel universe for me, and again, we've said it before, has a lot of leeway with me. I'm yep. willing to join them at least for the the initial experience on anything that they're willing to present with me. I may not necessarily agree with it. There's certain aspects that I love. As There's certain whole, aspects yeah. that I, I, I really love. There's certain things that I really would have done differently. But I understand the world that they're building. And if anybody's going to bring it around and make it worthwhile and ex- fill the gap that needs to be filled in terms of the loss of Chad Chadwick Boseman. It's probably going to be date or, uh, uh, Kevin Feige Feige and And the very capable hands of Ryan Ryan Coogler. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Creed, when it came out was my favorite movie of that year by far. Yeah. Creed was, if you haven't seen Creed, yeah. He, Fruitvale station was another one. I left the theater being like, who is this Michael B. Jordan guy? Who is this Ryan Coogler guy? Like for what this is, is an incredible film. So yeah, I'm 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 all on board for Black. I mean, pretty much all the Marvel movies, you, as you can tell, we're all on board. But it's a uh, yeah. That's... Also, shout out to Disney. If you guys just want to like sponsor our Disney Plus accounts and just have us watch this stuff for free, we will totally shill for you. Yeah, <laughs> we're already on board. It's an easy job for you guys. 
I'll wear the mouse hat. And we can <laughs> Can buy the cameras. I'll put the mouse hat on. It's, we'll rock this thing. I'll stop cussing. <laughs> I'll, whatever. Oh, welcome to what you've been watching. Yeah, oh, oh, oh. All right. Uh, gosh, Mickey, what you've been watching? That was a good goofy. Thank you, sir. That was a good goofy. Damn. Uh, anyways, if it comes out this year, Avatar two. I pre- it's I not going to come out this year. It's not. But it's not going to come. It out might this be. Year. But I'll say this, Avatar. If I understand, some people like that's their jam. Again, to me, it's just dances with, with Smurfs, I, as South Park said. I get it if that's your jam. I get it. But, like, the whole when they said unobtainium, I was like, that is the most lazy writing. <laughs> like, we've got this hard to findium, not on earthium. Like, you came up with unobtainium as the metal that you're like, okay. that was so clearly written as a placeholder by the writers. Like, they literally put that into the script. Like, we're definitely going to come up with something better later. Don't worry about Don't it. Don't worry about it. And then they never was, did, yeah. and no one ever checked it. They were just like, fuck it. It's yeah, called unobtainium. Yeah, fuck it. I <laughs> I, but if Avatar is your jam, like, cool. I, I just, yeah, I'll see just, it, whatever. Just watch Dance of the Wolves. The yeah, or Last of the Mohicans, or The Last Samurai. It's like, it's sort of amazing. But I get it. Some people listen to stuff, so whatever. Um, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, or Across the Multiverse. Yes, yes, yes. Please. That was one of the more best of animated movies I've ever seen in my life. Please, more of that. I'm not even, we'll have to do a whole one when that movie comes out on. The first one is so good, but when that movie releases, we will do a whole podcast on that one. Yeah, for sure. Oh, and, and I am so on board for that because the soundtrack was great. It, Everything was I, it I love a good animated movie. movie. I really do. And especially one that's so much fun and just carefree. And it, the storyline of the, the, the arc of Miles Morales and him coming to his own and understanding that anyone can be a superhero. There's so many subtle things like when he first looks at the Spider-Man suit and he's short for it. And then, like yes. later, when he goes back and he's like, his eyes are into the like reflects into the mask. That's brilliant. When he first meets Peter Parker, uh, from the uh, Peter B. Parker, his spider sense changes colors. Yes, and yeah. stuff like there's so and like that is a when phenomenal he, movie. he he throws a bagel at one of the AIM scientists or one of the uh, well, Oscorp yeah. scientists, and the comic book sound effect the is. Bagel. Bagel. Yeah. <laughs> great, great. Yeah. That's when he falls down and they flip the camera so it makes it look like he's rising. Gosh, it's I get chills every time. The What's up, Danger comes on. That whole that whole movie's great. Yeah, More that, of that. Well, like just visually, that's a great, spectacular movie. Even if you know nothing about Spider-Man, if you are if you're not a comic book fan, just watch it for the story arc. Just watch it for the character development. Just watch it for the clever writing, the soundtrack. All cylinders. Just and I was glad Michael can attest to this. I've always liked weird. Like I'm a big Dark Hawk guy. I was a huge Hawkeye fan growing up. Prowler was one of my guys. Yes. Like I used yeah. to draw him in my in my childhood notebook. I was yeah. a huge Prowler fan. And to see him even in the quote unquote like evil iteration, I was all on board. More Prowler, please, please, please. So yeah. Uh, let's see. We got a few more. We got Black Adam. Uh, what you think about that one there with the old Rocky? I mean, I'm on board. Like, anything with The Rock is... I'm a huge wrestling fan, so he's got my support. I like the fact that it's kind of like a Ryan Reynolds Deadpool thing. He kind of willed this one to fruition. Yeah. I've always wanted to play Black Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, Especially, um, according to rumor, I don't know if there's any truth to this. Again, welcome to the Speculation Podcast. 
Apparently, they're going to try and work in a, a DC dark universe where they bring back Constantine and Swamp Thing and Please. Zatanna and Black Adam, and they're all going to be working on a team, working on sort of like a supernatural type tip. I hope so. I, I, I would love to see that. I think that's great. Black Adam... Uh, Black Adam looks exactly like The Rock, so it, it's it, I, I, he said it's perfect casting. He said recently that his wish list is for him to fight Superman, which hopefully we get there. Hopefully, it's we'll, see. I, we'll I, see. I I don't know if they're ever going to bring in the, the DCU proper. D, yeah, the, the Henry Cavill Superman again. But if the if if so, why not? Like if 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 ever there was going to be a movie to do it, why not? Bring the Rock in, is the guy that can get it done. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, moving quickly here. Uh, Fantastic Beats: Secrets of Dumbledore. I've I mean, not, I've, I want to sit down and watch all the Harry Potter movies. I saw parts of the first Fantastic Beats. I'm not really gonna get in line to see this one. It has nothing to do. With, well, yeah. I'm just not. Harry Potter's not my thing. I need to sit down and, and watch speak it. on it. Go ahead. I'll get to it in the next movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of with you. I've I have seen the original first uh eight or nine harry potter movies yeah. um it's not your geek they're good I, I i i it didn't make me want to read the novels and get into the whole lore like i again right. no like, disrespect to harry potter yeah right? kind, kind yeah. of like star wars like what i saw on screen was kind of the story that i wanted to see like it it, it gave me everything that i wanted i right. get it um i understand if you're a diehard fan like like i said with twilight this is not really my geek yeah yeah it just maybe i was a little bit too old for it or maybe it was just not particularly like my groove i i do like the movies as they go on the series because they get darker and more adult yeah they grow with the actors so maybe my my problem was with the originals especially the first like maybe four or five is they tend to be really kid oriented which is okay that's fine as the band was a little dark was that like the fourth or fifth? Yeah, that one? was the one that um, Alfonso Curacao did. Yeah, with uh, where they brought in Gary, uh, Oldman, Gary Oldman. Yeah, 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 yeah. Was okay. kind of, it was like the third, maybe or fourth. I think third. Just, I there's know. some Harry Potter fans like screaming into the void right now. Yeah, there's a lot of. Well, technically it was book four, but the movie was yeah. movie five, yeah. and he didn't exactly look like Sirius Black, so I can't. Mm. I I will say this: I am going to sit down and watch all the Harry Potter movies in succession here very shortly. So, so, to bring it back, I, I I've seen the original the original Harry Potter series. I have not seen any of the uh, secondary Beast. stuff or any of that. Just wasn't necessarily my bag. It, again, I want to sit down and, and catch up on it at some point, but there's other shit on my yeah. list that I have to get there's to. So first. much content, oh, so much. Speaking of which, Aquaman two, I am gonna have to just interject here and say no. I kind of feel like I'm sure I'll see it eventually. I thought the first one, I, I walked out of it. Yeah, and I didn't realize that it was like literally I walked out in the last ten minutes because I watched <laughs> it again later with my girlfriend because she hadn't seen it. It's like nine movies taped together. Yeah, I'm like fuck is this? I like, this I saw it. Crab the show up with laser. I'm like, <laughs> this is Game of Thrones meets Star Wars meets Indiana Jones. Yeah, Pirates. yeah, yeah, like, yeah. What the hell is this? There's nine different types of movies that it's trying to be, and it never really strikes on any of them. I, I literally watched that. I watched it over the streaming service, but it took me three days because I would just reach a point where I didn't care anymore. Yeah. It, there was so much going on, and there were 
they try to be Indiana Jones, where they're they're doing this whole globe trotting. Just put thing. Aquaman in the desert in the middle of the movie. What the fuck are we doing here? It's not even like him at his lowest point going into the third act. What the fuck are we doing? Again, black man up that part of it. A hundred percent. I would watch a black man story. Just do. I was rooting it, for it, him. It, it doesn't have father. to be a long movie. You could just do eighty-eight minutes of Aquaman versus Black Manta. And them fighting underwater, fighting on land, fighting on whatever, just Black Manta is on a mission to kill Aquaman. Yeah, yeah, and I would Abdul watch Hatim. the shit out of that. Yeah, yeah. You don't Abdul need Hatim. anything else. He was I was rooting for him. I was like, Aquaman killed his father. For real? Tried to kill my father. Yep. That no, big word tried to kill my father. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh I, I don't know, man. And the whole Amber Heard thing, it that just turns me off even more from it personally. I'm not gonna get into it too much, but yeah, that whole situation is really yeah. Funny. Again, I don't, it's not the not making a stance one way or the other. Yeah, it just, just, it's a complicated situation. It just it turns me off from just, the movie. And again, I like Jason Momoa. Every comic book I've ever read involving Aquaman, that is I don't know not how Jason, that yeah. conclusion. That is that not Jason Aquaman. Momoa. Not, yeah, not at all. Like, who is the guy that they got to play Orem? Um, uh, Patrick Wilson. That to me was a perfect Aquaman yeah. choice. It, it, as much as I, I, I understand that they were trying to diversify and go away, go away from the blonde-haired, blue-eyed superhero. Yeah. In terms of Aquaman, like, that's pretty historically canon. And so, to me, that was just a, a much better fit, fit than... And even if, they, even if Jason Momoa had chosen to play him in a more regal sense, I just, I hated his whole surfer bro attitude. Yeah. Like, just, I, I have no idea. His motivations are like, I hate the surface world, but I love the surface world. And then I love underground. I need, it's like, I don't know what you want. Right. For yeah, two and yeah, a half. And yeah. I, I will say this. I appreciate the fact that James Wan was like, I don't know if we're going to make another one of these. So let's just fit everything we can in. I appreciate the swing. I appreciate the fact that he did it. To me, that movie. I, I walked out of it. There's certain aspects of that movie that I love. I love the whole aspect of them going to the deep. Oh, the trench? The trench. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And that was the, a red shot. The, 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 the scene where they're on the boat and they have the different, uh, what are they called? The the fish uh, monsters or whatever they're called. The, there were so many the of them. Piranha sites or whatever they called. Yeah. Um, oh, you're talking about in the, the trench scene when you dive them with the red flag? No, no. When they're on the boat and it, it, it's 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 almost like like alien or something. Oh like yeah, that. yeah. It, it, like I love the horror aspect of that. That yeah, to I, me was the best part of that. That was movie. James Wan and his album. I, yeah, 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 yeah. Like them doing the whole globe trotting scene and and the, the run and chase scene across the the Italian rooftops and there's lasers and there's this and there's that. Like it was too much. There was and then the the final act where there's people riding crabs and they're shooting lasers and fucking. There the sound a, of music is coming up and she's the voice of the Leviathan and I don't understand what's going on. Like, there was nine different movies wrapped into one. The crab people just show up at the end and they, like, mention them kind of once and then they're just like, oh, we're here to say Like, the crab people came up from the depths in the last act and I didn't realize there was only ten minutes left in the movie. The last <laughs> one was like, I've had absolutely enough of this dog shit. And I just got up and left. Granted, I was still drinking at the time, but I saw it again sober and had the same thoughts. <laughs> hell am i watching i'm sure i'll see it eventually but like i have zero like i don't feel the need to like scratch my itch there yeah they kind of shot their load on that one and i took it all over my face neck and chest i'm done (laughs) yeah yeah uh the marvels yes i'm interested to see where they go i mean more brie larson 
Yeah, I, I like her as Captain Marvel. Uh, she's serviceable. She's yeah. I we don't know much about it because they haven't released anything, but just based on if, if where I think they're going to go with it in terms of introducing all of the different Marvels in terms of Photon and um, Kamala Khan, Kamala Khan, yeah. and and her going from Ms. Within the comic book realm, going from Ms. Marvel into Captain yeah. Marvel. Uh, yeah, why not? Sure. Yeah, and I know that a lot of people hate on uh, Brie Larson because of the off-screen stuff. And, like, watching her in the interviews with all the other Avengers was hilarious because they all are genuinely very annoyed with her. I'm talking about her doing her own stunts and stuff and all this. It's like, they all do whole body eye rolls but whatever in the term i think the first script missed a little bit in some areas but sure she was fine as this cat i don't blame her for the script there were some parts i was like eh but she was fine that movie will and always, she loves sam jack so that movie will always hold a special place in my heart because the cameo of stan lee is on the bus and he's reading a mall rat script yes so with so that means that within the marvel cinematic universe Kevin Smith movies are a thing, which to me collides two of my favorite worlds, Absolutely. and my geek meter just goes off. Yeah, that was Stanley's first game or first acting game, I believe, in a major picture, wasn't it? Not his first. It was his. It's this weird, like his first mainstream. Like he was, he was in an independent film right. beforehand. But yes, that was his first, first major speaking role. part. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um. The Flash, we'll go a little bit quicker here. Uh, the Flash, I mean, we get Michael Keaton Batman coming back. Do it. I'll Morgan. say this. What's the actor who plays? Um, Ezra guy? Miller. Again, he's okay. That's not how I depict The Flash in my mind. I've never, he's too fumbly and just kind of, yeah, he's just kind of, I don't know. He just doesn't fit the bill for me as Barry Allen, but it's whatever. But I'm on board for that, Michael Keaton Batman. I'm down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, new Jurassic Park. Nah. I like Jurassic World. Listen, they they Dude, just they they've gone real. so far from the original that it, it's it's gone into the realm of the fantastic. Like at some point, they're gonna do dinosaurs in space, and I, I just as much as I want to get behind those movies because they are fun and they're good popcorn movies. It's just so far removed from what it originally was supposed to be. And it's not even the fault of the Chris Pratt movies. They jumped the shark at Jurassic Park 2. Yeah, I would say Jurassic World was good. But even, yeah, you're right. Even The Lost World. Right. It went off the rails so quick. Right, right, right. And then, like, The Lost World I liked, though. And then 2 and that one, Fallen Kingdom or whatever, or whatever the second one was. Yeah. It, it, it got bad quick. Again, I watched it all, but, like. It, it's just become it, it's Paul it's Daniel almost... would kill me right now talking to me. <laughs> Shout out to PD for that. He would murder me right now. PD, when I called you that one day and you're like, Oh, I'm, I'm watching Jurassic Park, getting my JP on. I called you back and you're like, It's a marathon. I'm getting my JP2 on. It still rings in my head every time. I <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'll watch it, but uh, it just my, my gripe with that whole series is the spectacle went from. Oh my God! There's dinosaurs on screen, which really is what the first movie is all the about. First one is top tier cinema, and it and it just becomes let's just see dinosaurs in increasingly ridiculous situations, and that's really where it loses a lot of its gusto yeah. for me. I mean, the first one is almost a perfect movie. It's uh, a really good movie. 
pretty high up there, bro. Yeah, it's it's a really I mean, it's yeah. Jaws on a tropical island. It's the spiritual successor to Jaws. Yep. When it terms of like, you should have just closed the beach. Like, you should have just shut down the shut, island. Ju- let's just shut down the island. Yeah. Uh, all right. Top Gun, the new one. I take that as a yes, Top Gun. Listen, I am all about Tom Cruise fighting a bunch of Russians in a jet fighter. I watch that movie at least once a year, usually on the 4th of July, and I get really hard during the volleyball scene. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. Hanging with the boys. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm definitely, I mean, whatever you think about Tom Cruise, the fact that he's doing all these banana stunts. Let's do it. It plays well on camera. I am on board for this. Let's do it. He really was up there on those jets because he was talking about, yeah, you just don't get the facial expressions and the way your face wrinkles and stuff. Trying to simulate that any other way (laughs) didn't look right. Hey, man, do what you got to do. Hey. Whatever. So, yeah, jumping on them couches, bro. You do you. Yeah, you do you, player. Um, let's see. I'll skip around a couple. Shout out to L. Ron Hubbard, one hey, of the man. most underwritten science <laughs> science fiction <laughs> so writers ever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Jackass Forever. I'm gonna. I'm down. Like, those let's movies go. make me laugh. Let's I go. understand they're juvenile. I laugh during the first Listen. one. I laugh during the second one. I laugh during the third one. I am going to laugh during the fourth one. I will bet money. I have seen every single one of those movies in theaters. CK and I am not going to break the fucking habit now. Yeah. I'm going to go see that. Probably way more inebriated than I should be. Not gonna lie. Yeah, no, I understand. Hashtag that. meet me in the theater. Hashtag don't bring your kids. Exactly. Yeah, I'm all on board for that. Guess, like, it's, I know I'm going to laugh during it. Uh, Sonic Two. Did you ever see the first Sonic? No. It's I as have far as video just, game movies uh, go. Okay. I, I have a Regal. I had a Regal Cinemas like Crown Club pass where I could just see any movie I wanted during the year. So it was like one o'clock. On like a Wednesday, and I was like, "I'm gonna go see Sonic," and I just did it. And it was actually not bad. You get good Jim Carrey, where he is uh, a little bit unhinged as Doctor Robotnik, and it's kind of a callback to his previous movies. And he, he really fits that role well. Good. But we get Knuckles in this one, and Knuckles is always cool. So. <coughs> I'll probably see it. Not a high. Also, priority. Knuckles was my former dancing name. Just I know, right? Knuckles. Uh, Idris Elba's in it. Uh, the Northman. Robert Eggers. Oh my God. I'm a huge fan of The Witch. I'm a huge fan of The Lighthouse. I'm a huge fan of everything he's done so far. If you're going to give me... Him and Ari Aster are my two, like, if they make something, I'm watching. I, you get, what's his name? Uh, Skarsgård. Uh, Alexander. Skarsgård. Ale- I mean... He's a hunk of a man. Listen. <laughs> talk about it. Get to the mic and we gonna talk about We're going to talk about True Blood. Listen. Oh, my God. Listen. Listen. I'm a straight man. I love women. I do. But Alexander Skarsgård in True Blood. Woof! I would back up on that. All right. You you heard it here first. I would be a power side. The power side. Uh, Michael's like, you can get a running start. (laughs) Oh, I get it, man. He's he's a good looking guy, for sure. Were you you making the True Blood there for him? I was. I was a huge True Blood fan. I was, watched it. I'm kind of, it's kind of corny to me, in my opinion. Oh, it was. It was. I, Admittedly, I loved it because I could make fun of it and the ridiculousness that happened. But also, 
Anna Paquin's boobies and 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 just full on hanging dong and just the, the absolute sexual sexuality of it. There was a there was a huge factor of me because it was so campy and I could just get into it and just be like, this is the most ridiculous shit I have ever seen. My biggest thing was if I've been around since eighteen hundred uh-huh. and I'm broke living in Mississippi, <laughs> I'm walking into the sun. I'm just doing it. I've been around for two hundred years and I'm broke. Nah, we got we're changing that tomorrow. <laughs> Bright and sunshiny day, I'm out. Peace. Right, sunshiny yeah, day. Two hundred years later, I can see clearly for. now. The rain yeah. here comes. Mike, we're gonna get pulled off the air for copyright infringement for singing all these songs. Yeah. Whatever. It's more karaoke than yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, but yeah, no, I would, man. If I was broke, shit, I'm out. But yeah, Roger Eggers. Uh, he has a lot of leeway. That that was the whole yeah. point of that to tell you that. That man has yeah. a lot of leeway. And if you're going to show me Alexander Skarsgård in an awesome, like, Viking violent movie, isn't it like, let's do it. Based on Macbeth or Othello or something like that? Uh, I think it's don't Macbeth. About that. Don't, don't know. It's one of those. I think it's like the legend, the tale that one of those. I think it is Macbeth. I could be 100% wrong. It's one of them, though. But I, I'm on board. Like it's I said, I, I was down from the trailer. So yeah, where's my, more of that. A little bit of Moonfall, a little bit of uh, Roland Emmerich. Bro. I actually want to go see that. Uh, I'll see what I'm with you. All right, Ted, you heard it here first. Roland Emmerich, I mean, Independence Day, Godzilla 2000. Yeah, trash. Oh. 20, 2012. Any type of, like, world cataclysm thing, let's do this. Yeah. I'm down. I'm with We'll go see Moonfall. I'm with yeah. Uh, Halloween ends. I haven't seen the new iteration of the Halloween movies. I heard they're pretty good, though. I'll be honest, man. I'm kind of burned out on the Halloween series. I just am. Yeah. It, I'm, I'm with you. I, I would much rather see them bring in a new a new serial killer identity. Just yeah. all the rehashes in terms of Nightmare on Elm Street and, and Halloween and Jason. Just They waited, what, 30-something years for Candyman? And I still yeah. haven't seen that. Yeah. I want to see that. So, yeah, again, I like the Rob Zombie version, the first one. The second one it was all right. Was kind of it was okay. Yeah. Um, I heard the new one. I like David Gordon Green as the director. He did the new one. Yeah. Yeah, I like him. He, I like all of his work. He does funny. He does action. He's, he's a really talented dude. Uh, so, no, there. Uh, League of Super Pets. The Rock and Kevin Hart is the DC Super Pets. I mean, I'll watch it. Here's if, the thing. if it comes to HBO Max, I'll probably watch it. I work in a preschool, so I guarantee oh, you at it. some point, I'm going to see that movie. Yep. Whether I want to or not, it's going to be on, and I'm. it's going to be on for about mm, 180 days straight. Likely. <laughs> Likely. Um, did you see... Did you see um, Death of the Nile? Uh, I have not. I have not seen Death of the Nile. Oh, no, not Death of the What was the other one? Um, the Orient Express. Murder on the Orient yeah, Express? Yeah, Murder on the Express, yeah. Yeah, 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 a long time ago. Yeah, yeah they're doing the sequel to that, Death on the Nile. Really? I love a good whodunit, man. I'm down. Let's do it. I love a good whodunit. Okay. So, yeah, all right. Well, let's do that. Uh, and then as we teased earlier, Ambulance, which is going to be a Michael Bay film. I mean, Jake Gyllenhaal doing an action sequence. Let's do it. I'm yeah, down. That's whatever. Let's it's, do it. I can almost, like, plot point for plot point if you watch the, the trailer. But, uh, yeah, and then the one we talked about earlier, Bob's Burgers, coming out here pretty soon. Love it. I'm I love Bob's burgers. So let's let's do more of that. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. I'm with it, brother. I'm with I, it. I I mean, I don't know. The the trailer doesn't give a whole lot, but 
they've sort of built a lot of goodwill with me. So I'm willing to I'm willing to, to to see what they have to offer. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm definitely gonna catch that one. And then they got some other the new Downtown Abbey, uh nope. Bob Dylan documentary. Nope. 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 Hotel I, Transylvania. Fuck Bob Dylan. You heard heard it here first. The Lost He City. is the worst singer ever. I love a it's Bob awesome. Dylan cover. Anytime someone else is singing a Bob Dylan song, I love it. He is the worst singer ever. Sorry. Hey man, we all we all got things we just don't get along that with. That was my Jared Leto rant. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and then I think the only other one uh, someone is the Sandra Bullock Channing Tatum movie. Those two are charming enough. Channing Tatum's so freaking talented. Uh what's it called? Uh The Lost City. Oh, yeah, yeah, about the action romance writer uh who goes on her own like kind of Indiana Jones adventure. Yeah, I, those it's America's Sweetheart and Channing Tatum, dude. That guy's so talented. I'm down. I'm yeah. down. If it came on, I'll watch it. But yeah, I think that might be it, though, at least for, for now. But uh, a lot of stuff. A lot of good stuff coming out. I know Michael's going to be there for uh, Downton Abbey. <laughs> In there! And the Minions. That's, you're going to see that one in preschool. So, yeah, that's uh, that's the year or the year in preview. All right. Um... So I guess that's going to do it for us here. Uh, just quick announcement. We do have a new website set up. Uh, sure I, I'm sorry, a new email address set up. We're going to set up a Facebook account and a YouTube account here coming out real soon so that you guys can come and get your ears holes filled by our delicious, savory voices. Uh, so hit them up. What's the, what's the uh, website address? It is Whatcha Been Watching. And that is W H A T C H A, all one word. Ben B E E N watching W A T C H I N podcast at gmail.com. Again, that's whatcha with an A. Whatcha been watching podcast at gmail.com. So what? Cha cha Ben watching no G. Yeah, no G. Podcast at at gmail.com. Yes, sir. That's the one. All right. So uh, we look forward to your emails, corrections, complaints, uh, signing out. Guys, go watch a movie. Anyway, let's just sign out. Good night, guys. Signing out. Signing out. MD3, check it out.